0: This is awesome, man. We're recording outside. It's uh, it's one of those rare days in Minnesota where we get to sit outside and and actually enjoy it.
1: Hopefully increasingly less rare.
0: Yeah. Well, but like then there's that weird window that we have in Minnesota where like you this is after hopefully it's not like shitty and cold anymore but before the mosquito show. Uh, show you know, like that's that weird the, the the perfect window, the one that keeps us all stuck here. Because we right. get those couple days and then that's the one that we all think about for the next six months when it's 95 and mosquitoes are everywhere and it's I had 120% to, humidity. And
2: to roll up the window because of a, a, a wasp was coming by the window. I have kids in the car and they get so freaked out. So <laughs> it's summer. It's, 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 it's officially here if I have to roll up the window for a wasp. We had Yeah, uh, my <laughs> wife and
0: I had two hornets in our house already and they were moving slow as shit. But they're here right. and they were full-sized. So I was like, oh, God, man. just waking up. Come on. <laughs> it can't be already that time, right? But here we are. I'll take it. Yeah, it is what it is. Oh, man. Uh, I think, honestly, we should just jump into this uh, episode 50. 50. To all of the homies out there that have been listening this entire time, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an amazing ride, and we're just looking to do bigger and better things. Uh, Charles when you when you texted me from the airplane with this idea, did you think that we'd be hitting 50 episodes a, a year and a half later?
1: I probably hoped so, but I didn't know if we'd be able to do this steadily with our schedules. I think that's probably the, that was the main impediment <laughs> that was potential at that time was are we gonna have the available time and I guess the motivation because this has to be going well for us to set aside the energy and the time and the resources to be able to do this but uh, if anything, to our listeners, that's an indicator how well this is going. So thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, this is happening because of all of you, too. Yeah. The responses that we've gotten and the, the people that we've been able to talk to and the people that, you know, like just hearing feedback from people and hearing about guests that they want to hear about. Like, it's, it's just amazing sure. ha- how it happens organically almost.
1: Yeah, we had a time where we thought we were going to run out of guests and not because we were going through our own Rolodexes or anything. We just thought, does this concept appeal to enough people? coming on a program and getting drunk with us and bullshitting <laughs> and, and us being loudmouth smart asses. But fortunately, yeah, just, yes. it turns out the uh, <laughs> yeah. the pool of candidates for such things is quite <laughs> quite large. Yeah, for such deep. tomfoolery? <laughs> yeah, no shit.
0: <laughs> well, here we are, uh, 50 episodes in, and uh, we're doing yet another spin uh on what our beverage is going to be and i'm very very excited about that but before we get into that uh i would love to have our guest uh introduce himself and let him know or let you all know uh kind of what he's up
2: to hey everybody uh i'm charles lovejoy owner of uh, lovejoy's bloody Mary mix uh we are a uh, bloody Mary mix company out of st paul minnesota Uh been around about four years we uh Started um, as a uh, wholesale into restaurants mostly, but through the pandemic, we kind of pivoted to more retail, so we're getting out there, but uh, yeah, that's in a nutshell what we do. That's
0: awesome. So you brought a smattering of things. <laughs> we have a lot of bottles awkward. on this table, which of course is awesome. Uh, talk through a little bit so everybody knows kind of what the flavors
2: are out there. So we have our original uh, the flagship, which is our original uh, start of the whole thing. It's... Uh, your traditional Bloody Mary flavors, uh, but we turn it on its head a little bit. We add, uh, add fresh strawberries, fresh dill, fresh chives, green peppers. Uh, add that with the uh, black pepper and the horseradish and everything. You get a little more of a uh, a vegetal V8, which it probably started out as type of drink. Sure. So, yeah, yeah restorative, I think then we have the Thai basil, which is a uh, crowd favorite, uh, heavy Thai basil. The idea for this was a uh, pho soup. I came up with this one over a bowl of pho with my beautiful wife, Sarah. Shout uh, out to Sarah. I, I had, <laughs> exactly. We we're sitting at Nong, and I was trying to think of different flavors we could do, and I was like, oh, <laughs> right here. <laughs> it was perfect. And uh, so we incorporate the pho soup and Thai basil, a little sambal, all those th- fun things you get in that, oh, cool. that bowl. And then uh, we uh, blend it in. Put tomato juice in it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and then, and then I believe we have an unreleased, uh, unreleased uh, yes. jam in front of us. Yeah, Just so we're drinking. Another,
2: another one of the favorites out there when I was uh, starting this whole thing out like by the Happy gnome back in the day was the Caribbean jerk, spicy Caribbean jerk. Uh, flavorful. Uh, you got all those jerk flavors, you got the savory and the sweet, and then uh, we hit it with a bunch of heat.
1: Oh, we got a little spice there. Oh, man, that is fantastic. we got a lot of jerk flavors on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi-yo! <laughs> also, oh. long-time listeners of the program know our proclivity for jerk because one of my favorite things to do is make, like, a real legit jerk. So I'm excited for this. I, I haven't w- even sipped it, it, it yet. I will do be doing stir. my first
0: jerk, jerk chicken of the season this weekend, and I'm looking very much forward
1: to it. Jerk chicken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's good. That's
0: so good. Uh, and then, obviously, on the rim, we have a oh, rimmer, which love. I didn't even know yeah. that you had.
2: Sorry, yeah, so the rim season, of course. Uh, we started doing this uh, about a year ago, um, just for something, a little add-on to for the people. Uh, so it's a harissa spice-based. Uh, we had, uh, actually, our good friend Steve Kelly is yeah. the, the one that makes this every, every ah, week for us. look at that! Yeah, it's all Steve's stuff. Uh, so it's dried chives, uh, harissa, some crushed red pepper, some lemon pepper try to stay away from a little bit with all my products to try to keep the sodium a little bit on the lower side as much as I can. Bloody Mary's typically have a pretty high sodium. Mm. Um, so we're on the lower end. Um, I w- originally we, we, I was trying to make it with no sodium, like salt free. Oh, they were bad. It was, <laughs> it was really bad. I was crushing my own tomatoes and, uh, it just, it just wasn't working out. So there's some sodium, but, uh, the, the s- seasoning doesn't have any added salt. Um, so yeah nice it's great to cook with you shrimp uh, That's that was the first wool. thing that I thought yeah. was like I want to put this on fish so bad. Yeah, no shit. fish yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah salmon and
3: uh, yeah so
0: I, I love the that fact that good. uh I guess, <laughs> full disclosure, uh, Steve Kelly, who was just mentioned, was the best man in my wedding, and uh, I was with him yesterday having lunch, and he did not even mention that
2: <laughs> he's doing oh, he's that. The, he's the seasoning guy.
0: He's the seasoning guy.
2: I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um,
0: I also do want to point out, you have an incredible hot sauce.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's not on the table, but, yes, we do. Uh, burn your face hot sauce. Uh, it was uh, created as just a, a ad- addition t- for the Bloody Marys to make it spicier. The original is not super spicy. Um, we, it's got the same base. So it's got the same, uh, veg stock base. as the, the original Bloody Mary mix. Mm. We had, uh, Thai chilies, habaneros, uh, serranos, jalapenos, and then, uh, top it with, uh, uh, some Carolina Reaper. It's a nice, uh, heat, some great flavor. It's great addition to, you know, it's like a flavor enhancer. We like to call it. Like sure. Uh, yeah. If you want to boot it up. Right, right, right. So add it to any of sauces and yeah.
0: And for our listeners out there whose mouths are already watering, <laughs> uh, if they're in the Metro area, can they find this out in, in retail at stores?
2: Oh, absolutely. So if you go to our website, we have a, uh, where to find us little tab, uh, We're in about uh, 40 retailers and uh, 20 or so restaurants right now.
0: Beautiful. And then for people that maybe aren't in this area, uh, if they go to the website, is there any way to ship that? Absolutely.
2: Lovejoysbrand.com, and uh,
1: we ship it all over. Perfect. Throwing it all over the place. Dope. I'm a big uh, savory drink bobo. I love Bloody Marys. First time I had this was a party at my brother's house, my brother JP's house. They had a Bloody Mary bar, and they had a bunch of Bloody Mary mixes, and I was like, trying each of them because i hadn't had many of them a lot of new brands on the shelves and i gravitated to this one immediately i think i drank that whole fucking bottle It's awesome well thank you so much absolutely yeah man it's a
2: fun it's a fun cocktail like it's just uh it's so uh you know we we just did a a photo shoot and the whole goal of it was to 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 highlight the community aspect of drinking a bloody mary you rarely drink a bloody mary by yourself it's usually at some kind Mm -hmm. of event or you know you know it's a it's a holiday morning kind of thing and you know that's kind of what we're going for and like that's uh,
1: the beauty of the drink and uh yeah Uh, that's what we that's what we do i love that so much you can tell when you look at it too like so for me for many years when i had a bloody mary i always thought well i can i can do this at home and it'll be better than what is literally just tomato juice that you're getting at a bar yep when you look at this stuff, it looks like what you think you can make, but that you absolutely can't make yourself. <laughs> absolutely, Just take it from me. I'm I do a lot of food stuff at home. I think I could do a pretty good Bloody Mary mix, but it's so much work to get it right. Like a crazy amount of labor. This stuff, like the sun bearing itself on oh, these bottles pretty, right now. Yeah, look at that. That looks like something someone spent a lot of time making in their own home kitchen. You know, well, it looks like real thanks. Bloody Mary mix. And looking it's at the legs,
0: awesome. like every single. Every every absolute square millimeter of that bottle that this liquid touched, like you mm. can still see the actual real ingredients still sticking to it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's always to me. That's always the the, the point of it.
2: Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like to have uh, have some body, something something that sticks with you a little bit. But yeah.
0: Would you, Charles? Would you be willing to just oh, scoot yeah, a little sure. bit closer? Yeah. Sorry. Um. <clears throat> so I well well when we were getting ready to go uh my co-host charles as opposed to charles lovejoy charles squared uh, Charles squared, uh charles went inside <laughs> to grab some stuff and i was just flipping through facebook as we do when we're bored and uh i didn't realize five years ago i was doing a brunch party with oh, you yeah, with the old is, swing top yeah. bottle and like the
1: hand labeled <laughs> yeah i remember that picture oh wow look at that and it makes yeah. me
0: it makes me so happy to to like see how far uh, things yeah. have come
2: and it's funny uh Sarah Tebow, who is also on our production team, uh, wrote, uh, drew drew up those little labels. Those okay. labels were so cool. <laughs> she was cool. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, just so.
0: amazing. And yeah. now, and now look at this. We got multiple flavors. Really we got, got all flavors. kinds of stuff. Uh, I also feel like we should give a shout out to the the spirit that's in here.
2: Oh yeah, uh, Dunord's, uh Foundation Vodka. Dunord is a, a great partner with us. We uh, we try to push them as much as we can. Goes wonderful with all of our with all of our. Uh, our bloodies um it's a great vodka very neutral very uh it just it goes with everything like it's got a slight uh slight sweetness which helps you know a little bit of flavor you know know it's there but it's a a really good vodka and then we have their uh whiskey which goes great with the thai basil which i was always i was shocked to find out (laughs) it's like it's like one of those uh like the old commercial the chocolate and peanut butter like it was like one of those things i think i didn't have vodka and i just (laughs) <laughs> I really needed a bloody that morning. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there we've all yeah. been there for sure and i used uh, I used the uh, whiskey and uh, uh with the Thai basil and it works really well it goes with the same flavors that same cinnamon and like the cardamom and the, or cardamom the Asian spices uh, so yeah.
0: yeah we also uh we figured out during the pandemic uh my good friend and co-worker Cordell hunkins <laughs> and I were working on a, a push uh for surly brewing called early surlies like it's never too early to have Surly beer and uh, two thirds Furious IPA, one third Lovejoy's original is an incredible low ABV Bloody Mary beer cocktail. It is fantastic Mm. because somehow the spice mix that you have in your original brings out the sweetness in the malt bill of the Furious and it like it just kind of hides the hops. So, even people that are like hop averse. it uh, makes it a lot more approachable for, from an IPA yeah. standpoint.
1: I saw you guys doing that, and I was like, I don't know about this. But it's I, really I, I, good. I do want to try it.
0: So I was at uh, I was at a beer fest. And, uh, it was starting very early. And so I still had a half a bottle of that and I brought it with, and I poured the entire half bottle out for all of the stands around us and just pouring Surly in there and gave everybody like a little, Hey, it's 11am and we're about to have a bunch of people get really drunk. Here's a little (laughs) cheers to all of you. And all but one person crushed them. That's awesome. And the one person that didn't is like, I just don't like bloodies. I'm like, well, you could have told me that before (laughs) I gave it to you. That would have been fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. Please throw it away. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, uh, we should probably get into it, huh? Since we got these cocktails in front of us. We got some incredible skewers that he made us. We got bacon and olives and a little little pepperoncini. And
2: what do we got, a Fresno with blue cheese in there? Uh, it is a uh, red bell or red uh, red pepper with uh, all you all the, what is it, all the bagel, all the. well the everything bagel? All the everything bagel ah. cream cheese, yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Plate and Platter for hooking that up. She does wonderful work. Goes above and beyond where I would not. <laughs> it was up to me. It'd be like a, a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I also I am I am a one hundred percent pickle
0: fan because I feel like when it gets to soak in the bloody and then you get that at the end.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. She she kills it though.
0: Man, that's good. I oh, really yeah. this jerk flavor. Any idea mm. when this is going to be coming out? As we're bragging to everybody that we're drinking something they can't uh, have.
2: Oh, like I said, I was just speaking into existence. It's been on the books for quite a while. Uh, we're just trying to keep up with what we, we, we can, and we'll get it out there soon though, for sure. We got labels all ready to go and just got to make it. Love it. Yeah. Man, that is so good. Yeah. It is tasty.
0: I love that you can kind of taste each one of those like herbs and spices as it goes across your palate. Nice. Like different parts of my tongue are finding different things in there, just as you would with a really good piece of like jerk chicken or jerk pork. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Which I'm sure is what you intended. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's what Let me I'm, just tell you the things that you were already out. doing. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I intended. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, should we go? Question number one.
2: Let's do it. Here we go. All right,
0: Mister Lovejoy. If your kitchen at home could only smell like one dish cooking forever, what would that dish be? Oh,
2: that's a good question. And again, honestly, I just left the house and Sarah was, uh, my, my youngest, uh, is very opinionated and has a lot of thoughts on what dinner should be. (laughs) Um, she's five, Ella, uh, and today she wanted steak. Uh, I'm not a huge red meat guy, but Sarah was frying it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, you know, the. Like a uh, cast iron, cast iron. Thank you. Sure, cast iron pan. When I was when I was leaving, and she just just had just had enough butter in there, and just getting that sear on there before she throws it in the oven. It was like, ah, oh, this is this, this is nice. <laughs> this is nice. If we're on steaks, like how do you how do you prefer your steak? Oh, uh, uh, rare to medium rare for sure. Beauty. Yeah, I gotta I gotta see that little 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 stream of blood coming out of there. Yeah. <laughs> If you um, if you're having a steak, is are there sides
0: that you like wish for, or is it like switch it up all the time?
2: No, you know, uh, I I still dream about uh, the strip club steaks back in mm-hmm. the day. Like that, where they top it with whatever they top it with, uh, you know, the crab or oh, shrimp scampi, the Oscar you know, style. Oscar oh my god, style.
0: yeah, yeah. Also, for for our listeners that don't know this, uh, the strip club meat and fish was an incredible restaurant, uh, twice. Two-time guest, Shady Fratsky was the the chef there, and guest Tim Niver, T Bone, uh, T Bone, they uh, they owned it together, and it really was like that. That will forever be one of the most legendary restaurants.
2: Yeah, for sure. For oh sure. my god, I, I miss it so much. Yeah, I'm not a huge red meat guy either, and that that place killed it for so. No like sides, nah, I don't, doesn't. You know, I don't need them. You got a good piece of meat in front of you, you're 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 good there. The very first
0: time that my wife and I went there. Uh, our friend Ryan Eklund was our server and I asked him like what we should do. And he goes, honestly, like if, if you're really giving me carte blanche, I'm not going to give you a single main protein. I'm just going to give you everything else. And it was one of the most interesting and wonderful dinners I've ever had. Really? Yeah. Cause it was like a ton of veggies that were all cooked fascinatingly, like some starches. Mm. And then there were, um, you know, a couple apps that had like shrimp in them. There was one, um, like a based kind of like fish side and we filled our table with dishes. And I had never done that before. I had never thought about not having a main protein, and it it kind of broke my brain and re- made me realize like maybe maybe I've been a little too close minded this whole time, I've been staking wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't get a steak at all? Nope. Yeah. Very first would, time. That would fuck with my mind because I'd be thinking about steak. I'd be looking at other tables and be like, I came here for steak.
0: I. I mean, yes. But at the same time, it was such a, a celebratory thing and the, the cocktails that they were kicking out for the bar, because mm. that, was, that was back in the old days when it was, it was Eastman and Oski and that whole crew. Uh, it was just, it was amazing. It was just a, a cool experience. And to this day, I've never had anybody ever suggest that method of eating.
1: It oh, opened up the whole menu <clears throat> to you, because then you knew in probably consecutive visits what you wanted. Yeah. In addition to steak. exactly. Yeah, we always did protein right. after that. <laughs> that didn't change <laughs> right. how I ordered, right. but
0: it was just cool having something different. Yeah. Uh, Charles, how about
1: you? I think I would say, the only reason I wouldn't say a protein is because I wouldn't want my house to smell like a protein all the time. So for me, the answer would be one of two things. One's a very simple answer. That's baked bread. The smell of fresh baked bread is something I could smell all the time. Like if I lived above a bakery, just that smell alone would be intoxicating. I'd be hungry all the time, but just... And, and simple bread, like just a simple baked bread. doesn't have to be anything complicated, just like a nice baked bread. The other answer would be one of my favorite smells is the cheat code for mushrooms. So let's say a melange of like wild forest mushrooms with butter, thyme, garlic, white wine. Just the smell of that cooking is one of the best smells on planet Earth. I could smell that literally all the time. And I don't think I would get sick of it if I just could smell that all the time. If they made a candle that smelled like that, I'd be the only person to buy it, but I would buy that fucking (laughs) candle. For sure. And then I would be like, I really need to eat some mushrooms right now. (laughs) Do you,
0: I mean, would you just go in on a bowl or do you, does that go with something when you're making it?
1: Oh, it goes with everything. Yeah. A bowl of mushrooms goes with anything. Uh, That's, I mean, it's a great steak side. Obviously that's probably my favorite steak side is just some really good mushrooms with those accoutrements and like with a steak, you know, use a red wine instead, go crazy. (laughs) but (laughs) but like that you can make those mushrooms with a roast chicken you make them with a pork chop. You can make them with like make a risotto and then get it up in your risotto. So you can have a wild mushroom risotto. That's a, that's one of those sides that I think that if I don't want a brain and I know the protein that I'm making and I always want mushrooms, Marnie doesn't like them. But if I'm making a side that I know I'm going to eat all of and I'll eat all the mushrooms I don't give a fuck. If I get five pounds of mushrooms and I cook them down, I will eat five pounds of mushrooms. I'm be like, Marnie, don't worry about it. I got this shit. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that goes with everything. that's probably another, actually you've made me arrive at another good point that having that, smelling that, which means that it's available persistently. That's something that would even go with a loaf of bread. Say it's both. Say the bread is baking in the oven. That's exactly where the my mushrooms are cooking on the stove. Then just break off some fresh baked, crusty bread Scoop and just eat it with those mushrooms. That's all you need. That's a really oh good Oh, my God, answer. that sounds so good. <laughs> no, I want to do that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great I want answer. some pickle mushrooms with this Bloody Mary.
0: Yeah. The first thing that I wow. thought of was that I wanted to be at your house when you made your curry powder because that is still – spices, um, yeah. Every single time that I opened that bag that you gave me, the first thing that I did was put my nose directly in it and just smell mm. for a
1: second, and then I would add it to my dish. Yeah, you can ask Marnie about that too. When I make that, when I make my, my uh, golden masala – the whole kitchen smells like those spices for five or six days. It just doesn't go away because when you're fresh grinding, for instance, because there's like 21 spices in there, when you fresh grind a pound of green cardamom, that's not going anywhere. That's <laughs> going to be in the air. It's going to linger for a long time, but that's an intoxicating smell. It smells like a like a nice cattle shop, Yeah, you know? yeah. like just that, or like what I imagine a a spice market in like Marrakesh to smell like, you know more about that than I do. Come. And it does I, Lebanon. I mean, there's yeah. The spice markets in Lebanon have that same kind of, you walk in and you're just like, Oh, I don't know what this melange is. It's 913 different spices, but you could just stand there huffing, you know, just, Whoo.
0: <laughs> well, I think we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, I spent four months living, f- four, four or five stories above the spice house in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is the origin of Penzi spices. Oh, wow. And so my apartment did smell like all of that of yes, spices yeah. and I never got sick of it. It was, well, I was yeah. just hungry all the time. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> exactly. But I was going to ask you, like Charles, Mr. Lovejoy, when you started <laughs> making the, the bloodies, were you doing that out of your house? Uh, when I started putting it in the bottle? Yeah. Uh, no,
2: uh, we uh, we went straight to a commercial kitchen. Uh, we've been at Gia Kitchen for the last five years. Nice. in St. Paul, yeah. Um, yeah, not in the house. I tried a couple... Like one run in the house and it's so messy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was happy. I wasn't happy. Sarah wasn't happy. Sarah was just like no. The, cur- the girls are like, what is going on? You
1: probably did a lot of R and D in your house, though, right?
2: I did some, but you know what? I- honestly, like I had, uh, I had uh, shout out to the rest of peace happy gnome. I had, mm-hmm. uh, I had the full run of the kitchen thanks to Scott and Emily and to the Morgs to Tony also. Yeah. Um they they, they let me uh, run wild and uh, I did. <laughs> I would show up at 5:36 in the morning and uh start prepping for the I did a bloody mary bar there and I featured uh mm. 6 to 8 different mixes. So I'd get there at like 6 in the morning and just grind them out and you know, I based on w- what we had at the time and in, in the in the kitchen is what how I really developed these recipes like it was just like, oh, we don't have we don't have regular basil today so we're gonna try something else so we'll, oh the Thai basil we'll throw that in there and see what happens and so that's how a lot of it came to came to be um there when I started to bottle it obviously we had to change it. we had to, have to get the pH to a certain levels and stuff like that and uh I had uh, really no interest in doing it in my house yeah <laughs> yeah so like I, I really uh went all in with the with the going to the commercial kitchen and um, it it was a slow build. Like I did R and D there. Like I would I would I I started with a uh, like a ten quart pot. Now we use a thirty thirty gallon um, steam kettle. Damn. But um, yeah, that's what I started with, and I'd go there once a week or so and mess around and put some stuff in the bottle and hope to sell it. Um, yeah. It was, so throughout that process of bottling and having to have it acidified and, and, to get the pH down and adding a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have done in the restaurant, like, uh, uh, uh vinegars and that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, uh, that, uh, bringing it back that, uh, figuring out what spices worked and which were cost effective, um,
1: really, uh, helped design the, the flavors. So your friends at the Gnome might answer this question with Bloody Mary mix.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. They just love (laughs) smell. The smell smell of of your Bloody Mary Yeah, I don't think they love the smell of that. (laughs) (laughs) They get so sick of me. (laughs) Uh, And for for
0: those of you out there that never got a chance to go there, the, the Happy Gnome was a top 100 craft beer bar in the world. Uh, that was located in in St. Paul, Minnesota. Top seven in the nation, we won once. Damn, yeah. that's We're amazing. Number seven, yeah, number seven in the nation. Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing.
1: That was next level. Like ten years ago, the the list, like the bottle list alone, was something that uh, I still, when I recommended my clients to do an in house vintage bottle list, I always think about when I access the list at Happy Nome. Just seeing that made you so giddy. to yeah. like a seven year old bottle of Old Ale or something. You'd be like, oh man, do I. You check your bank account shit like, I, <laughs> I got this that. responsible? Should it's I be this so doing this right now? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Trust me. Uh, when I, start, I started there, well, it was in 2008, so whatever. Yeah. I always say 10 years because time, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, time I has was, no meaning. <laughs> it always feels like 10 years ago. Yeah. But when I started there, I don't know if you remember, they had coolers all over the place. Oh, yeah. So I was, mm-hmm. went to like one through three hundred, and like I didn't know nobody really bothered. It's, it was not training going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I'd get one of those rare bottles, and like I'd be gone for ten minutes, just like <laughs> exactly. hunting through coolers, like <laughs> put on your Indiana <laughs> yeah, Jones hat, yeah. like your spelunking goggles. And I yeah. had I had worked in at Williams and Uptown, so I knew a little bit. Like I knew Good. like a little bit of what I should be looking for, but yeah, not on that level though. That was crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, so yeah. you hated me back then but didn't even
1: know it. Like yeah, this, this exactly. motherfucker yeah, old, the, got his old style or this old ale. This old, old ale. Old stock. Yeah, an old stock old ale <laughs> fucking from 2003. Actually, I, I don't know where, where it, it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> that was upstairs.
1: That was me. <laughs> that was me. Hey, what <laughs> up? That was me. <laughs>
2: Figured it out. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that was some crazy times. But
0: uh yeah. Shit. Oh, I I uh Smells. That's what we were talking oh about, yeah. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, I really, really love the smell of like an all-day red sauce mm. cooking in the kitchen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I am not a trace Italian, but there's something inside of me that just falls in love with that slow simmer for six or seven hours. Especially if I do, uh, like when my wife is out of town because she hates meatballs. When she's gone, I'll do a whole pan and I'll fry them. Like so they get good and crisp on the outside and then I throw them in the sauce and that sort of mix of everything mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. But a very close second is the roast chicken that my wife makes because it, it is like the perfect smell of like fat and butter and lemon and garlic all mixing together. And then it's the added bonus of whenever I smell that, I also know that I don't have to cook anything. <laughs> And it's just like, ooh, yeah. I get to kick back and (laughs) just hang hang out. Like I can pour myself a a beer, a glass of wine. And then I get to have this great dinner. And I don't know if I could pick between the two. Like, either one is just as intoxicating. And it's one of those smells that, like, when I leave the house and then I come back, I hope it still smells like that. I walk in.
1: Oh, yeah, there it is. Still there. (laughs) Still there. Yeah, there's so many ways you can go with this. The the comment you rendered, uh, Lovejoy, about the... Uh, arriving at the basil uh, version of your bloody mix that you make, like faux broth, like just smelling faux oh, broth, that's, that's, that's something you would not best. get sick of because of just right. like the essentials of it. It would make you, especially in the winter, mm. just smelling that all the time in the winter would just be so soul soothing. Right. Just knowing that's there, that it's like so like a uh, life-giving
0: I've started doing that, especially in winter months, Um, whenever we do one of those roast chickens, I take the carcass and then I immediately make stock with it. Yeah. And we got to a point where we had a ton of chicken stock, but then if I wanted to make anything else, then I have to still do more to it. So we started making chicken stock and then we do ramen base and then we Mm -hmm. do pho broth so that it really does cut down on time. If we're both working late or whatever, we can come home and all we have to do is unfreeze it and basically like let it warm up on the stove. And that those are my favorite days. Like when you get, you know, if you do oxtail as the base and then you have all of those spices in there, you got the the anise and the cardamom and all that, and then you just do a fistful of Thai basil and that sweetness when that comes in. And that's honestly, that's one of the things that I loved about the Thai basil the first time I had it, was it really did invoke that. And I didn't realize that that was what you were going for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That was just something that popped into my head.
2: Yeah. It was, the original name was Bloody Fall, but but, uh, (laughs) at that time it was uh, maybe...
1: A little bit over people's heads, like I don't know. But I think it would play now. We just can't change the name now. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a more provocative direction because it instantly, I think what many people think is basil is like an Italian sauce. But the way you described it to me is way sexier. I'm like, oh shit, like fuck, that's fucking dope. Like that, that to me, it's fucking. Now I really, dope. yeah, now like I really want it because. <laughs> Okay. Terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you got to do it. But <laughs> right. I, yeah, now I'm like a lot more intrigued by it because until having this jerk one, I'd only ever had the original. So that's, okay, we got here that's it. a very cool direction. Yeah. I'm going to throw one more out there real Ooh, quick. Yeah, do it. A cooked masa, just like masa tortillas. Oh my yeah. God. It's like tortillas cooking on a griddle mm-hmm. all the time. That smell, mm-hmm. that's a smell you cannot get sick of unless for some reason you don't like that smell, which some people don't. And it baffles weird. me. That's weird. Just get out. Yeah. <laughs> get
0: out. <laughs> you don't get to smell my house. Why? <laughs> exactly. just
3: for you Well, well okay. uh, cheers.
0: Cheers to a, a cheers. delicious jerk. Yeah, cheers. Another one of my stripping names.
3: Mm.
0: Coming to the stage,
1: a delicious jerk. <laughs> Done. Am I up to bat? I think I am. I do believe you are. All right, Mr. Lovejoy. What is your least favorite movie or TV trope? Oh. Wow. Uh, And if you want to think about it, like, feel free to put that back.
2: I mean, there's so many.
1: There are. (laughs) (laughs) Many of them are terrible. I did ask a question not many episodes ago about uh, what is it that they do in movies that isn't realistic, like you don't really do in real life. Like when they just hang up on People yeah, yeah, just yeah. don't, they just hang up. I'm like, what? You could never fucking do such that in real life. Kwam, uh, do you want to tackle yeah. this? Yeah, go for
0: it. The, the first thing that I thought was just like the the three cam sitcom, because I just think it's played out. But the thing that really, <laughs> on the way here, that kept sticking in my brain is the way that, especially in food competition shows, that <laughs> America has to set up All American food shows involve everybody has to hate each other. There has to be an enemy. Everybody has to be out to get each other. (laughs) Like, when you watch the Great British Baking Show, everyone's helping each other, and they're all kind. And I've watched a few other shows from other countries. I love it. Everyone else is like that. You know, I guess maybe with the exception of, like, the original Iron Chef, where there just wasn't time to help anybody else because you were racing to the end. Outside of that, like, I love shows where everybody's working together because I'm watching it because I love cooking. If I wanted to watch people fight, we have UFC, we have wrestling,
2: we have sports, we have everything else. The artificial drama that they yeah. really have to infuse into everything. Yep. Like, I think and then most like,
1: people disagree with you, and that's why these shows perform uh, oh, so well. But I, 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 know. Agree. I, know. I, I just I hate think it's it. horse
2: shit.
0: And the the, the the oh the the thing that drives me the most fucking crazy is when they're like gonna announce who is either getting cut or who the winner is. They go, and going home is. And then they dun, do dun, dun, oh. dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And they have to do a close-up <laughs> yeah. on
0: each yeah. person's yeah. face. Mm-hmm. Like, we know who's there. We just watched the whole fucking episode. Yeah. I know who all these people are. Yeah. Just tell me who's going home yeah, and a, get it over
2: with. It's a long commercial break. You know it's coming. Yeah,
1: yeah the close. Cliffh- oh. oh, that's, Marnie groans every time they do the cliffhanger. We're like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> I'm already <laughs> <It's> watching. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: got to fast forward. It's yeah. fine.
2: Bro.
0: And then it comes in, and the commercial is always, like, super upbeat and weird. Like, you know, it'll be like something for, like, I don't know, Kool-Aid or whatever. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm kind of invested in this. Right. Please just at least keep that level of drama going. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I will never understand why it has to be that. And I get, I mean, all of, our, all of our news shows and all of our sports shows just involve two people yelling at each other the whole time. I get right, that right, that's right, like what right. our culture is doing now. Yeah. But maybe we don't have to. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Good
0: point. Fucking annoying. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that helped uh, uh, jumpstart anything. Kitchen.
2: Yeah, Hell's Kitchen,
0: even Top Chef, which I like more than most American cooking shows. Oh, they've even, if you go back to the first season to where they are now, there's so much more playing up of the bullshit drama and the like, sure. the fights and back and.
1: Well, with Hell's Kitchen, I feel like they got much worse. They started getting much less talented chefs, which is not to denigrate what these people do, but I think they wanted people who were more prone to error so that they could burn the scallops and have Gordon make a make a gif, right? <laughs> make like an they, idiot sandwich out of them? <laughs> absolutely. Get two pieces. Of, he's got a loaf of bread waiting there just so you can make an idiot sandwich. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's unwrapping the loaf of bread. Oh, here it comes. Oh, God. Here it comes. There's someone who doesn't back? like the smell of bread. Oh, they're going to use that. <laughs> They're gonna use the <laughs> Gordon Ramsey. That's literally like that's what it's gonna be like. Like
0: when when you see the wrestler going under the mat and like pulling out a table or whatever, <laughs> yeah. that's Gordon Ramsay going into the bakery and just grabbing just a loaf a of bread. Like, right. oh no, oh he's got the bread. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna ruin this person's career.
1: <laughs> oh my that's God. Hilarious. I'll go ahead and do mine because yeah, it's not reality yeah. TV show. It's uh, a thing that. Every, it irks me every time because it's always way fucking cornier than they intend for it to be. I hate when they do the uh, group of people walking in slow motion, especially a comedy movie <laughs> where they're like, <laughs> let's go to Vegas. And they're all walking in slow motion and they look so fucking dumb. They look so dumb.
0: I, <laughs> I just saw it on a show the other
1: night too, which is what made me think of this question. I was like, why do they keep doing this? This is like five people looking like total fucking dorks and you slowed it down. This is not exhilarating for me. I don't care for it. We get it.
0: You saw Reservoir Dogs once.
1: That's <laughs> <Right>. fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even like it in cool movies, but I especially hate it when they do it in comedies. And there's always one guy, like, putting his shades on, and another guy stumbles. <laughs> one, guy, one guy's one guy got to stumble, and then he looks back like someone tripped him. I just laughed at that,
2: though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Because <laughs> it's the whole motion.
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah. Maybe you gotta turn on the running commentary, and it makes it worthwhile. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we can all well, be yeah, around. He Bradley. actually tripped. This wasn't intended. And <laughs> it was so funny. We kept this one. <laughs> sure, it, sure, you're right. I fucking
2: uh, hate that. Yeah, you know, um, I, I you know, I stopped watching action movies a long time, like years ago, and especially in the last like few years, like the the whole the violence thing, like, I can't I can't do. Uh, but what I used to really not understand. Is like these uh, like taken and like uh, I can't even think of an American sniper. Okay, I get there's bad guys or whatever, right? But you go through and you you kill like thirty people (laughs) to get your to get this kid back or to get the hostage out. Like really, like. Where where's the balance? Like, is this is this really what needs to happen? Like, like the hourly guy who's just guarding every, yeah, the door, yeah. Like he doesn't exactly. know he's just hanging out. There's <laughs> oh like, some God. dude just standing on a boat. Like I just they just told me to stand here. And then he gets <laughs> shot in the head. It just gets for blasted. Headshot. Poor guy.
0: He's oh got kids. God. What about his kids? That's the thing. Like it creates. If you think about the bigger picture, it creates this like ripple out effect right, where right. if everybody is supposed to go kill everyone because one person got yeah, hurt, yeah. All of their families now oh should man. have death warrants out for everyone that's
1: ever talked yeah, to they you all have a set of skills
2: obviously they're <laughs> carrying machine guns
1: they're coming after you dude that's a good one i always joke when i'm playing video games like <laughs> destiny 2 with my friends and there's an alien literally standing there minding his own business, and someone shoots him in the head. I'm like, that guy had a family. I'm like, what? Why would you do that? I'm like, he didn't even he didn't even turn to you. He was like reading a book or something. Now he's gone. His family's. He's all trying alone. to figure out what he's
0: going to do with his retirement.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's because my kids are getting older or whatever, but like you know, the Marvel movies. I love them, but you when know, they destroy a city, I just can't help but think. That, that guy probably didn't even have insurance in that car. Like, he just <laughs> lost that car.
1: At least they shine a little bit of a light on it now, because they didn't yeah, use they did. to. They did. Now in consecutive movies, because he's going on for so long, they're able to spin the narrative so that they show the effect on people. Right. I found that really illuminating. I that like that. that some I of the like narratives that, yeah. are like, wow, they ruin lives, and there's some uh, story arcs that have come out of that. Mm-hmm. So I've found that to be uh, very modernistic and, and quite smart because that never used to be the case. Yeah, Superman, like there were so many jokes about Superman movies, like, oh yeah, he just destroyed an entire city, but he didn't intentionally kill the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. he just killed 4,000 <laughs> 4, people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> well, it's like, the, uh, they do that with Batman too. Like, you know, Batman's whole thing is he doesn't actually kill anybody, but he'll like absolutely cripple like dozens of people yeah. while destroying an entire city That's, to yeah. just arrest somebody. Occupational therapy for, <laughs> for
1: years and years. Exactly. Oh, my God. Just,
2: just because. I was like,
1: he got <laughs> hit with a, bat- a batarang or whatever. <laughs> Dude, a new trailer came out today for the new uh, um, the new game from Warner Brothers that's not Batman, but it's like Robin and all those guys. And I swear to you, in the trailer, they said, uh, I think Red Hood. I don't know all these guys, but I think the guy's name is Red Hood. And they were like... Um, Red Hood, of course, uses non-lethal rounds. And they show him just blasting everybody. (laughs) But then they switch the camera over to Robin. And Robin did a fucking 300-style front kick to a guy. And he went off the top of a fucking skyscraper. I'm like, oh, is that not lethal? (laughs) But he didn't shoot him to death. (laughs) No, no. That guy fell. Yeah, it's out of my hands now. I don't know. Hopefully he landed at an awning like Jackie Chan. (laughs)
0: We're just hoping that every single henchman is Jackie Chan in real life.
1: Oh, my God. Literally seconds later, they're like, he's using non-lethal rounds in his gun, and they show fucking Robin front kick a dude. This is Yeah,
2: I'm like, there's like 40 stories up. He had a family. Oh, man. (laughs) there's so
0: yeah if you if you really break down like what would be going on in any of those communities it's insane yeah it's
2: it's just the the bodyguard business is just not worth it no no no. why would you Mm. sign up for that
0: unless you're unless you're kevin costner in the actual movie the bodyguard (laughs) where you just get to hang out with whitney houston (laughs) and then kiss her and then walk away like you left whitney houston on the runway because you're you're married to the job Yeah, that's the only guy
1: who should have gotten shot. He might have got front kicked off the roof. I don't know. We didn't see We're that. He's Whitney.
2: If, they if she could have lived to make a bodyguard too, it would have just been them living like in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> just yelling at him. Just like, not not talking at all. He's just like fishing. should have stayed married to the job.
0: <laughs>
2: oh my God. Honey, I want to <laughs> listen to
0: the song. Not hear you sing it.
2: <laughs> Millions of people listen to me.
1: <laughs> well, cheers to all the dead foot ninjas. All the Deadfoot soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man>. The entire <laughs> no plan. Wait, what are Real we doing here girls. today? Yeah. <laughs> like the, like the, uh, this is not even funny, but like the 18 year old Russian, Russian soldiers that literally thought they were just doing like a walkthrough and then were like, what am I doing? Oh, we're in here? a war. Fuck.
2: Yeah, no doubt.
0: So I guess maybe that is in some ways realistic shit.
2: Yeah. That's
1: oh, what no. makes it shittier.
2: Yeah. Uh, all
0: right. Love, joy. What do you wish I should preface this by saying uh, you and I met working in bars and restaurants and our lives have sort of interwoven this entire time with various places. So I wanted to ask you, what do you wish more people understood about going out to a restaurant for a meal?
2: Oh, man. It can be stressful for for us, for me. I don't know, but I, I like. I used to love to sit at the bar, and I can't sit at the bar anymore. I just can't watch. It's like ah. um, get like PTSD while you are watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what, that's a that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I feel a, like it's a it's a job. You know, it's it's a uh, it's not. Uh, you know, people aren't paid to. Good people, good good bar and servers. Uh, they'll, they treat you like uh, like family. They're not necessarily paid to do that, though. Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a it's a t- uh, yeah. Let me think about it for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like when
0: when I first wrote that question, my brain was like everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish everything. You guys understood yeah. everything. Yeah, everything, but. I think the thing that, that always stuck with me uh, I will I'll take, one. I'll take one. We're doing a little beer run here. Um, I think the thing that always sticks with me is that it's such a unique position because there are not very many other jobs where the customer watches you the entire time you're processing their order for lack of a better term. Yeah. you know if we if we break it down and we, we take the, the family and the heart out of it, and we just look at black and white on paper, it's a very unique position where somebody who is completely unqualified can sit and watch and critique just simply because you're doing something that they don't understand. And there's something that something happens that they don't get. I I, I have a tough time with that. Where like If I, I like, I like watching movies, right? I've, I've made a few short films, but I have no idea how like a massive blockbuster gets made. If I won a contest and I got to go to the set of a movie, I would not immediately be like, I don't, I feel like he's just lazy. He's just standing there. Why is he even doing that? Like you could be filming right now. Why is everyone just like waiting? Meanwhile, like they're waiting for a piece of equipment to show up or they have to reset some sort of like something is going on. But to the layman, they don't understand that. And that for some reason we like allow that like people give like Yelp has an entire multi-million dollar industry built around people who have no idea what they're talking about bitching about things and that that's always bothered me
2: right
0: cuz like we don't we don't allow anybody else to do that like nobody would be sitting over your shoulder charles going like oh why are you drawing that line there that's not what i that's not what i asked for and you're like wait till you see the final product you know but we, we allow that in restaurants and bars because it's very true. You're we're inviting
2: people into a, you know our house access, basically. The whole access, like yeah, that's the whole thing. Like the you, you, you feel, I think people feel like they have the right to your whole person while you when they're there. Yep, and they don't. And it's just it's a job. And
1: Unfortunately, I think we accept some of that in various fields of hospitality, food service, like creation of goods, creative artwork, those types of things because it makes people more invested, it's an unseemly part of all of those industries. But for a large uh, quotient of the populace, that's necessary to, I guess sort of you could call it like a perverse sense of enjoyment, is the ability to feel like they can judge everything. Where I agree that I think it needs to be tempered. There are a lot of people who don't know when enough is enough when it comes to that. But I think that some businesses are willing to accept the fact that some people are going to be unnecessarily harsh because some people are going to be uh, effusively positive. And I would say that I wish we could see more of a balance because there are uh, statistics bear out that people are literally seven times more likely, seven times more likely to leave a negative review than a positive Mm -hmm. one because they're encouraged to voice displeasure and seldom are they encouraged to voice pleasure. And I I would say that I don't necessarily want people to not say that they don't like stuff. Definitely have some panache. But I would love for people to be a more positive. Yeah. Certainly, like, if you like something, then go out of your way to jump on Google and leave a five-star review and <coughs> post a couple of those pretty pictures you took and post it on ins- Instagram to your 211 followers. Sorry, no one's going to see them there. Like That's not even a slight. But if you go on Google and then you're able to up their score by even a tenth of a star because they're relatively new, pop up a couple of those nice pictures you took and say effectively the same thing that you said on Instagram. It'd be great if we could find a way to encourage people to do that more. It's just been proven over the years that it's very difficult to to convince people that that is something that is worthwhile to do. But if someone has one of the oysters that got popped didn't taste right or there was a grain of sand in it, Motherfucker, they're going to write nine paragraphs. They're going to say how the manager didn't respond in the exact way that they wanted I didn't like her tone. I'm never going back. And I've been here never so many times, and I'll never much. bring my family back here. And you don't know how many thousands of dollars You, you know, like, okay, man, it's a little, it's, it's a little far. Oh, it's it's a little far.
2: That was I, my favorite. I've been there so many times. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? You know how much money you're losing. Yeah. So, I know the guy I who owns this man. place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I will jump in there and say I know I've talked about this, but I, I'm I'm trying to push this into everybody. Mm. Uh, I am on year two of my only New Year's resolu- resolution being that I'm leaving positive reviews every time I have a good time somewhere. Nice. And I cannot tell you the amount of feedback that I've gotten from that, nice. with people just saying thank you because that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Right, right. It is so rewarding. <laughs> like it's a it takes maybe. You know, when my wife and I were in Boston a couple weeks ago, it takes maybe 10 minutes to just click on Google or Facebook or whatever, click on review, and just write a paragraph of, this was really nice. If you remember whoever your server or bartender was by name, call them out, and then, yeah, add a photo, whatever. It, it makes a difference. You know, I got, a, um, I got an email update from, I don't know, three or four years ago. I left a positive review somewhere. And Google said that 24,000 people that have read that review. Yeah, I love that. Like, think about yeah. that. And I don't yeah. give a fuck if, I, I don't care if they think anything about me, but it's the fact that like 24,000 people went, yeah. oh, this random stranger had a great time. Those pictures look great. Maybe they go there. Yeah. Like that's spread positivity. Cause it's awesome.
2: Please do.
1: That ties into my answer because uh, about a year ago when restaurants are still struggling to gain their foothold and uh, Petit Leon was pretty new. At the time, uh, Jorge posted on Instagram that someone just wrecked them with a review and it was something out of their control. They said it was too loud and they gave him the worst review possible. And he was like, really, did you enjoy the meal? Like, are there any other redeeming qualities to my restaurant other than the fact that you thought it was too loud on, on a busy Saturday night? And then I went and left them like a really positive glowing review on Google, which is where the person left the negative review to try and like push down that negative review. And also just to say what I felt about the business that maybe I should have said anyways. And similarly, you know, I get the emails that say like however many thousand people see your reviews and your photos or what have you. My, so tying into that, uh, my answer is I think people uh, would maybe benefit from being like, more present. So I'm saying it from, yeah. from that side of the table where you're dining somewhere and it's not, I'm not talking about using your phone and stuff. What I'm talking about is that the last time I was at Petit Leon was that meal that I reviewed. And that was a year ago now that I was there and I adore that place, but we have so many great places that we go to. Sometimes you have to say to yourself, if you go and dine somewhere that is like this wonderful experience, sort of take yourself out of your own body and, and think for a moment when is the next time I'm going to be here? I might get hit by a bus tomorrow and never come here again. I might move out of the city. They might close down. Just say to yourself, like, wow, I'm really enjoying this experience. I, I want to take it all in. I want to smell the smells. I want to, like, taste the flavors. I want to hear the noises. I want to have great conversation. Just try to be more present. And I am not. I don't want to lecture anybody about this. I just know this is something I do for myself is I try to center myself when I have dining experiences, we're going to petite in a week and I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm very much in that mindset going in is that I want to be super present, enjoy everything that I'm experiencing, not knowing, you know, I could come back in a week. I could come back in two months, but just the idea that who knows when I'll be back and I can't replicate this experience. I won't be with the same people. The next time I come enjoy every moment of you being there. And, and a lot of this is, uh, I mentioned this on the podcast before, like old pro wrestlers always say, I wish I was more present when I came out of the curtain. Instead of saying like, here's another Monday night uh, out on the uh, in the ring in front of 30,000 people. I wish I like, it, instead of acting like I'm breathing it in because it's my character, I wish I like really felt yeah, it. Like, for sure. I'm, I don't know when I'll be in the city again. I don't know if I'll be in the shape again. I don't know if I'll be playing this character again. And just like really being there and enjoying it Instead of as humans now, more and more, we think about what's next. We don't think about where we are. We think about what are we doing tomorrow? Even as we're doing something super fucking dope, like we're doing something incredible. And all we can think about is what we're doing that is also similarly incredible next. But can we, like for me, I like to think about, let's stay here. Let's be here. This, tr- treat it like your last meal.
2: Yeah, that's, that's awesome.
1: I've officiated, I
0: think, 36 or 37 weddings right now. Mm-hmm. And I write a different script for every one of them. And uh, there's a few things that stay the same. There's a few chunks, like this, the legal stuff. Like, obviously, that that's always in there. But mm. then there's a few lines that always stay the same. And one of the things that I do for every single wedding is I ask the bride and groom to turn around and, and look at the, the audience, look at the crowd that's right. there. <clears throat> and I say that, uh, statistically, this is probably the only time that all of these people are going to be <clears throat> in the same room. And they're here because of you two. Breathe that in. And think about that for a second. Yeah. Look at all these faces. Like, that's what your love did. And I feel like that's, on a smaller scale, what we can do when we go out Mm -hmm. is say, hey, this is the only time, like, I might not talk to the people around me, but this is the only time I'm going to be sitting with all these people, with this exact staff working. This is a unique moment. And maybe treat it as such, like you said. I had never thought about it like that, but that actually kind of brings it home for that, is take in the fact that this is a really cool, unique moment where... You don't have to do dishes. You don't have to cook. You get to have whatever you choose yeah. off this menu, like
1: right. Try to think about it like future you when you look back on the photo, but do it right now. <laughs> <You know>? Yes, <laughs> to, yes. I do that with my kids all the time.
2: I have a 28 year old son, and then a seven year old, and a and a five year old. And I really just try to, especially with the younger kids, and with my older son too, because it's it's getting less and less I get to see them all the time. Um, just try to take those mental snapshots and just like, I'm here. I I, want to remember this one, you know, this moment, Yeah. whatever it is, you know, just making breakfast or trying to get them up in the morning or
1: whatever it is, you know, just like, just taking that, that moment.
2: And that's for yeah.
1: And you save those, right? Like when you do that, you remember it better because you committed to your own brain. Like I want to keep this in here, not on, not on here, like a phone or what have you, which is cool too. I love doing that. Yeah. But when, you do, it, when too, you do it, when you do it when you're yeah. with your brain, when you go and it's nice to have the source material. Yeah. Because then if you remember it and you took a photo of the breakfast, then you can look at the photo and then you have this great memories that you locked in. That's beautiful. Yeah. Is,
2: that is beautiful. And that more people should should do that. That's all.
1: Did
0: you ever <laughs> did you ever feel that like when, when you were at the gnome and people were having these incredible beers that like this is the only place and probably the only time that you'll ever be able to have this? Mm. Did you ever like look at people like you're not even enjoying that beer <laughs> like, was that was that I, I feel like i would have had trouble just like not slapping people's hands and be like "Drink that slower <laughs> no, <laughs> take that out no, I, th-
2: I think that was one of the beauty- beautiful parts about the gnome especially when it was uh in its heyday is that the the clientele really did respect it and they really did uh take time to savor like there wasn't a lot of uh um, slamming of beers or, or whatever a lot of shots you know especially you know back in the day um so I think that was the, that was the, the beauty of the, of that time was that all those craft beers are right here. You can't, you can't, you, now like they all, they all have tap rooms. So, yeah. you know, you know, you can get whatever you want, but, um, there's a few times though, like when, when people would come, like, I remember, uh, uh, I, don't know, I just I was thinking of, I just forgot the that San Diego <laughs> stone stone sure they're first they're they're big they were big but when they first came up uh we had a uh a, uh a, whatever meet and greet there with the owner and stuff and it was uh that was one of those times it was like this is really fucking cool you know this is uh this is uh, a rare event that's not gonna happen again so, yeah yeah I, I remember that so i remember like taking that in like I, i'm lucky to be here right now that's a, a, it's a cool event that's awesome but yeah for sure
0: Uh, could I ask you if I was going to do something with the whiskey, Mm -hmm. what would you suggest flavor wise to go with that?
2: Uh, I will, will definitely do the Thai basil, but you could just drink the whiskey. (laughs) Oh, you can do that. (laughs) If you don't want any more bloody Marys. I understand.
0: I I do kind of want to try it. Like you, 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 I don't think that I've ever made a bloody with whiskey. Yeah. So I feel like I want to try that. So I'm going to do a little small thing. So Charles, would you pass me the ice?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. I will say that uh, counter to my own point, there was a time when I, um, because of ticker culture, when I didn't enjoy beers that I probably should have savored a little more intently. Uh, Ticking culture refers to the the app untapped and the gamification of consumption of high Mm -hmm. quantities, Mm -hmm. high Mm -hmm. volumes and numbers of beers. And when the advent of that, which I would say, you know, that kind of came right after when um, a place like Gnome was really killing it, right? People would come in, like, including myself, I'd come in and I would get that old stock, uh, old ale, and I would sit there and savor it for an hour and a half. But then when I got into the untapped culture, which I haven't done for years, but when I was into that, it became uh, a, a volume game. Like, how many beers can I try? Pokemon.
2: Yeah, and then you stop stop properly
1: enjoying things, which I am saying (laughs) I'm guilty of. So that was a time in my life where I I wasn't doing that, where I should have been more in the moment. I should have been experiencing the things I was experiencing a little more intently when they were worth that, right? If you had a product that is, like, so good. And I'm glad you brought up Stone because I remember when Stone first entered this market, and my favorite beer for many years was just uh, Arrogant Bastard Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When Arrogant Bastard entered the market, I could just get a big pile of those motherfuckers and then go to my house on Marshall on the river and just pop those all night and just. I was the ha- I was like, roll- like a pig rolling in shit. I was so happy just to drink that beer. So excited that I could get my hands on it. And I miss that. But that remembering that is dear to me because I can remember how I felt then. I can never feel that way again. I can have one once in a while and it'll make me think of those days. But all it's doing is dredging up those memories. But I'm glad that I was able to, with that particular product and many others, but with that particular product, had those experiences where I was so happy that it was here, and so excited that I could get my hands on it, that I was just like grinning ear to ear, like, "Wow, I can't believe I can drink this whenever I want to." That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I totally forgot about flights.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: the bane of the existence oh. of the bartenders at the happy Know. <laughs> just the, and yes. your lack
0: of of space for glassware. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh man, space for everything but that yeah. was. You know, that, that bar overlapped with my life like origami. There were so many different facets of my life that ended up being involved in that place. And every single time, I would sit there and I would just stare at it and be like, I don't know how you do it with that little space and that many people asking for that many glasses. Yeah, yeah, it
2: was crazy. Those flights were, were not fun. And I think it, it's, you wrote that good point with the untapped and um, all that. That was when it started changing. That was uh, People didn't come in for the beer anymore. They just came in. For, they came in for the beer, but they came in to to get a
1: badge. Yeah, to get a badge. Yeah. To get the stuff exactly. that they hadn't had. Exactly. So, however number were on it the didn't menu, did
2: Really tasted nobody really talked about it. Like just yeah. they
1: stopped talking about it. I should say. Right. So you guys made a lot of money, yeah. but it was because people were just like bang, 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 yeah. and then they're like, "Well, we got to go down the street because they got four beers that they don't have here. So yep. let's get the fuck out of here." Yep. It's a whirlwind. Yeah,
0: for sure. That feels like so long ago. It does. <laughs> yeah, people people still
1: do it, but I don't think it's nearly <laughs> as aggressive. Uh, there. Lovejoy, the the point about being able to come in there and have something that you could not access and how much we have available to us now, that excitement is gone as well because you can get any kind of beer you want anywhere. You can go get Dre at Stinson right now. Like I don't even need to know what's in their inventory. They have like eight Dre on their fucking shelf. Go there anytime you want. Go pick one up, this beautiful Belgian Lambic. Man, if that was the case... 10 years ago, I would have swept the shelf. Yep. I would have emptied my bank account. I would have been like, yo, guys, fucking <laughs> on my phone. Like, I got all, I can't know, pay rent no but I got all this beer. I, yeah. <laughs>
0: For real. Uh, before we get out of this topic, I do want to ask you because, I mean, technically, you're still in the service industry, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you feel about the substitution game?
2: Uh, <laughs> 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 I, you know what? I, I've always been, uh, A customer first guy Um, so I have no problems with it when they want if somebody wants a you know whatever specialty cocktail made with something else I don't have a problem with it Um, I I have respect for my back of the house people and uh, if they want to do it it's cool like I like when uh, chefs set that culture whether it's for or against like if I know it's against no problem just say no um, but if it's up to me, what the hell, give it to him. And uh, it's not, uh, it's not breaking my back. Like if I have to make the fucking mojito either way, yeah, hey. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll put whiskey in it. I'll put whatever the hell you yeah. want in it. Like, it's fine. I don't care. Just don't send it back. <laughs> <laughs> that's legit. <laughs> but that's it's, just me. That's just me. I've always doing. been a <laughs> service-based, uh, customer-based uh, bartender. Like I've never, never gotten my head about it and I just stay uh, humble and, Treat people the way I wanted to be treated. So, but I would never ask for a substitution, just to be, uh, for the record.
0: Well, we've we've talked a lot about hospitality on on this show, so I feel like that's worthy of a, a cheers. Just to say yeah. hey, uh, cheers, cheers! Cheers to getting people what they want.
1: I love that we're seeing a shift toward people being culturally. We see it, we're seeing a shift more toward people who want it the way that the chef or the bartender intended. I love seeing that yeah. because it's that's like if you've never been here before and you've never had the mojito right. that they make here. Get the mojito get, they make here. And then if you want to fuck with it after the fact, then ask them like, yep. Hey, make me the mojito with mezcal instead. Uh, sure. Okay. I can do that for you. But we, we're seeing more of that now. Yep, yep. I appreciate I that. Agree, Especially with, with that. like ethnic yeah. food. It's just weird yep. when someone comes to, a, a you know, they go into, uh, like an Indian place and they, they're telling them how to make the lamb vindaloo. The lamb. Like, <laughs> really? You're telling me how to make yeah. the lamb vindaloo? It's, it seems a little confusing, but uh, I guess I can try and not make a lamb vinily spicy at all. There just was just a, you. there,
0: I can't remember what it was called. There was a, a short run series. I think it was on HBO. It was like a, like a, a mini series with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Uh, it was like a, based on a true story and it was, it's fascinating and you know, watch it if you the want. Next door.
1: There you go. I literally just finished it. True story. I heard the whole podcast and stuff. So it was cool to, it's, it's a fascinating story.
0: Depiction. But the first episode, I was just floored because turkey sandwich. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. He goes to this. I, was it a Costa Rican food truck? Yes. And he, he oh, it's the best food. Mm-hmm. And Will Ferrell brings this guy up, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's super authentic Costa Rican food." Yeah. And then he modifies his order all the way down to basically <laughs> making a turkey sandwich a little with plain lettuce, plain turkey sandwich, a plain turkey sandwich. He's like, "Oh my god, it's so good! It's so good!" And that was like such a perfect metaphor for for that culture, right? Like, if you're gonna go get the food, there are plenty of places that have really good turkey sandwiches. If right. that's what you want, go there. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't modify <laughs> something into a completely different dish because you don't want to admit that you don't like Excellent. food that you're not used to. I saw I saw the one episode and yeah, I
2: remember that now. That's, <laughs> that's, very, true. Awesome. that's very true. Very uh,
0: true. Also, holy shit, I did not know that I needed a savory basil-based whiskey cocktail, <laughs> but that is really fucking good. Oh, thank you, sir. That's, that is awesome, and I kind of don't want to do that with vodka anymore. I kind of want to do that with whiskey.
2: It just really plays well together. It's yeah, really well
0: together. like the sweet of the Thai basil <clears throat> is sort of like entwined with the sort of vanilla notes in the whiskey. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't, even having you make that, I guess my brain hadn't processed that that's what was going on. But, man, that is fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Also, again, shout out to Dunord. Uh, everything
1: I've ever had from them is awesome, and that's wow—that's really good. And I just had a jerk piece of bacon with the final vestiges of the jerk. <laughs> and That was really fun. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna mix myself what you're drinking Quam, okay. while you ask the next yeah, question. Yeah, all right, that works. Sir. All Can right. Give me the whiskey. Quam? Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, thank you
0: tight quarters at the patio table trying not to pull any because yeah. <laughs> we've we've had a few episodes where somebody's at least knocked over a microphone or done something so i'm trying really <laughs> that's hard that's not to enough. can you believe
1: <laughs> that happens on a podcast where we drink alcohol all the time what so weird. Weird.
0: all right love joy uh what will always make you laugh no matter how good or how bad your day is
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> my, my daughter's uh they, they're hilarious. Um, but, uh, and what is even more herla- hilarious is they've mm-hmm. recently discovered America's Funniest Home Videos.
1: Ah, so <laughs> classic, <laughs> like, classic. like
2: newer ones are like old classic. They still do that shit, right? They still do it, it. Yeah. yeah Cause it's still, Alfonso, Alfonso Ribeiro now. Yeah, yeah. They still right. do it. Yeah. That's all they know. That's all they know. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. to them or to me. It doesn't matter. Somebody yeah. falling off of a railing or yeah. <laughs> jumping into an above ground pool when it breaks. Like, come on. How can you not? <laughs> And I'll the song is man. instantly
1: transported into my brain. Exactly. Right <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: Or even better, the old ones with Bob Saget with the little yeah. his do his little voices and like oh, I'm gonna like, oh, no. like just, <laughs> yeah. that will make me laugh no matter what that that's what that'll, that'll get me going.
0: Looking back now at our age on what we know about Bob Saget now rest in peace, <laughs> it's amazing to me that he had two full time careers as the cleanest, most G-rated <laughs> comic actor on TV. Like, he was the king of everything for yeah, a few years dad. there. he was dad. And at the same time, had a super blue amazing, like, stand-up co- Like, th- the fact that anybody could balance those two out for that long is amazing to me.
2: Well, Bill Cosby, apparently. Did. <laughs> yeah, <'cause>, oh, my <laughs> God. Well, 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 that's, what's a, so, that's a different show. Solid, solid <laughs> but, point, solid point. The lie in your true nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hadn't thought about that, but yes, you are cracked.
1: Uh, Charles, what about you? I'm going to say I could be having, I could be like steam coming to my ears, pissed off, and my cat will crack me up. Like, I can't not. He, he can uh, very instantly turn me into uh, like a very vulnerable person. I can be like, Steaming, pissed off at something or somebody, where I'm in that mode where I'm like, oh, no one better come near me right now. And then he'll fucking tumble across the ground and like do a flying kick or something. And <laughs> instantly start cracking up. That's, that is definitely my kryptonite when it comes to no matter what mood I'm in. That little fucker can get me cracking up. Uh, even when I like, as it's happening, I'm like, nope, I'm mad right now. I'm not gonna laugh. And then I'm like, oh, you, <laughs> you know, that whole situation. You got to love that about pets. They, I think that's why they, they can make you a much happier person on the whole, help you release endorphins. When you're sad, they make you happier. They cuddle with you. But there's also that when you're angry, they will, they don't know what's going on. And so they'll do some goofy shit. They want to wrestle with you or, or what have you. Yeah. And they'll get you cracking up in an instant. And it's almost like you remember how dumb it is that you're mad about whatever it was that you were just mad about. You're like, It took this animal that has no idea what's going on right now to make me realize how fucking silly it is that I'm in a mood when I could just as well be laughing right now. <laughs> I,
0: I absolutely love that. It's Literally, like watching watching a pet not give a shit and then do something goofy because mm-hmm. literally like they it's just their world. <laughs> yeah. There's no drama. Uh, Charles, honestly, my answer was where Lovejoy. My answer was going to be yours because I got sent a video yesterday. I was j- kind of in my own head and a friend sent me a video of um, a kid. Couldn't hit the pinata. And after like the seventh time, his mom was like, I'm just going to do this for you. And so she, with no blindfold, she just went and took a huge like Hank Aaron swing and went underneath the pinata and hit her husband in the nuts. And I, I was sitting in my car America, crying. Like, America, America, this is you. But, but if I can't say that because you already said it, uh, this morning... I watched a guy walk through a cobweb that I couldn't see. And that is the funniest goddamn thing. Because this dude was just all business, just fucking going. And went through, and I watched, like, broad shoulders, pushed back, like, perfect posture, Just like moving somewhere and instantly turned into complete jello (laughs) swiping at at something that was invisible and just (laughs) and then took like four steps running and then turned around to see if the cobweb was following him, I think is what what it was. And then I thought about it more and I've never I've never not laughed watching somebody because we all do it. I do that when I walk through a cobweb. But watching somebody else walk through a cobweb is one of the greatest joys on earth. And if there is an Instagram channel or a Twitter feed that anybody has ever seen out there that's just videos of that, please, please send it to us, because that would bring me immense amounts of joy (laughs) to just get to watch that over and over.
1: Because it doesn't matter. Hard thing to capture on video.
0: Hard thing to capture. It just has to be like 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 CCTV, like some sort of like set
1: up a camera pointed. Well, like, there are cameras in my office, but there's a camera pointed directly at the door from across the street because we're right by the river, so there's always... Every morning, I have to grab a stick off the bush right next to you. In the summer, especially, I grab a stick, and then I got to swipe away a thousand fucking cobwebs. I have no idea how many people that don't know about that who have arrived before me have just (laughs) just been fucking saran-wrapped by Spider-Man. I have no idea... (laughs) But I assure you, you would die. Absolutely, outside. and then you're like, you never. The best part is afterwards.
0: Then you're never really sure if it's out of your hair or whatever. So then you're like God, slapping God, yourself God. like there's invisible bees the after invisible you. Spider, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, he's in my pocket. Yeah. He's in my shoes. He's like, in my, and my so. collar, and he's no. gonna attack me later.
1: He's gonna rebuild his house, you motherfucker. He ain't coming for the ride. Yeah, exactly. He's not gonna, gonna like do like your paperwork. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just, you just went Marvel movie on his entire yeah. world. He just walked yeah. through and destroyed he it. You just Supermaned him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's never not funny, and if—if <laughs> if I had been able to, I would have—I would have turned my car around and just driven up to him and like just been like, "Thank you." If, if there's anything that I can do for you today, <laughs> I will think about this moment You'll for the next week. To
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, no, I don't see that,
0: I, didn't, I couldn't see anything, but I, I believe <laughs> you." Yeah, I and you. the minute I saw you do that, I instantly knew what had happened. It wasn't like, "Oh man, I bet that guy's on PCP." I was like, "Oh, that dude just walked through a cop." <laughs> It's, it's one of those universal things, because I guarantee you, if you go to any continent in the world, everyone reacts the same when they walk through a cobweb.
1: <laughs> no, he wasn't like, I got a new suit now that's got a, a spiderweb print on it. It's kind of cool, actually. All right. Yeah, nope. Nobody. Nobody ever.
0: There's there's no culture that's like, oh, that's a blessing. Like, No, everybody's like, ah, get off, ah, get off. <laughs> oh, I'm curious about that now, actually. <laughs> Now, now I really hope I'm proven wrong. I hope there yeah. is some culture, culture somewhere right. that like, oh, I've been blessed today.
1: <laughs> oh, like the ancient Mayans or something. Walking yeah. through a cobweb is ten years of good luck. Oh I nope. guess
0: I guess yeah. you're the lord of the land now. You right. walked through another cobweb. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: no, for ten minutes until the next guy walked through. Yeah. The- ah shit.
0: Hey, but I got to say that I was the lord once. Yeah. It's on my resume yeah. now.
1: <laughs> mm. Is this where I double up? Oh no, it's you! You did just double up, I believe. Yeah,
0: that's it. That's you.
1: All right, what dumb question do I have? I'm gonna,
0: uh, I'm gonna cheers this.
1: Cheers! Yeah, Boom. cheers guys. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try the, um, oh yeah, the whiskey with the Thai basil, and the Thai basil pho situation. Let me get this. Pepper. Cheers, guys. Oh yeah, I made that stiff as fuck too, and it really works. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good. I'm with you, Quam. I would just make it like this. Yeah, yep. it works beautifully, and uh, love Jaya. Right, that like little bit of sweetness from that whiskey. Yeah, it really makes it sing.
0: That's incredible, and I honestly like
2: mm.
0: we've talked about savory cocktails on probably a third of these episodes, mm-hmm. and this is a, a spin on it that I hadn't pondered.
2: It's the Bloody Mary. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? That's like a. It almost it gives it versatile. sort
1: of like a knock cham Mm-hmm. characteristic right for sure kind of like the the sugar that you would get when you make sugar and vinegar and a knock chom that you're putting that you could put into conceivably a pho or any of the food that you're eating alongside your vietnamese food it's almost got that sort of quality like yeah. that is really fucking cool yeah, that's what i was going for <laughs> that's why i made a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> all right that's awesome topic number five Mr. Lovejoy, what food is universally adored but almost always sucks? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> you, you're going to
2: want to yeah. think about it. I one. do love that we're like shit on something. <laughs> uh, I mean, what comes to mind immediately is tacos, but.
1: <laughs> that's going to hurt quality. No, but
2: I mean, they can't. They, they can suck. Uh, True. I agree with that's you. Not what I, that's not really what I think. I don't know. You go. All right.
1: Okay. So, so I had really good tacos yesterday, and it made me realize that some other tacos I'd had recently were not very good. Especially the ones, <laughs> ones I make are yeah, really like, bad like, compared nah. to like a good taco. <laughs> yeah. like I think
2: I'm doing really good, but it's just like a bunch of stuff in a tortilla. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, again, is better than a lot of other That's things. Right. I will say that. MD, right. Uh Was it the ones that you posted on? on your on your page was it the the uh, cuatros milpas yeah or milpas oh the queso
1: bang and casabria i got the um i got the cabeza which not many places do no, but like but, all the meat on the head yeah. i got the tripas which holy shit no one does that no one does that and it was like crispy and fatty yeah so like crunchy because it's crunchy and then crispy on the outside fatty and it's like the it's grease cheap, is on pork. your lips the tripe, the uh, oh, yeah, nice. it so is pork, nice. but like the tripe, uh, or they they might use pork or beef. I'm not sure which. And then uh, the third one I got was Langua, of course, because I am morbidly the obsessed with uh, tongue. So so good. Where was uh, it? Right? Cuatro um, Milpas. Yeah, okay. the on Lake Street. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: for sure. They uh, that that was uh, as I referenced earlier. Uh, our good friend Steve Kelly. We were going to lunch. And we were trying to figure out where to go and. Uh, we just didn't have enough time to get down there, so we went to Maya, which was incredible. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's next on my list. I haven't been there. Oh,
1: enough. dude, it is, yeah. That, it's very, very authentic. And they've been around since 93. A lot of people in the cities probably don't know of them or have not. Obviously, they're doing very well for themselves. They have two locales. But ultra authentic. Like, it really reads like something you would get in Mexico or in California. It's on point. Oh, it's, it looked incredible yeah. so i'm jealous do you have a do you have an answer to this
0: i do yeah uh, i was this is going to sound lame but uh, mm. potato sides okay i, I like <clears throat> a really good french fry mm. a really good tater tot really good mashed potatoes are all amazing but i would say 90% of the time they suck 90% so of the right, time. Dude.
1: And I would never have thought of that. But when you say it out loud, it's so true. Like
0: when you get when you get tater tots and you're excited and they come out and they're like fried all the way through. So it's just like crunch and then grease. I hate that. French fries a lot of times are underdone. So they come out and they're like soggy. It's so hard to it. get a good fry. It really yeah, is. And, and the way that it's cooked, it is also very hard to consistently produce good fries. And you got to eat
1: them right away. Yep. Uh-huh. It takes like a lot of. Turds. Yeah, uh, exactly. You got to eat them right away.
0: And mashed potatoes I I don't normally order but every now and then it's like something if you're like a steakhouse comes out or every now and then like if you're at a diner like an open-faced turkey sandwich with gravy I'm like hell yeah and then you get this like weird like grainy paste and then it has some sort of just like gelatinous basically it's gelatinous like chicken broth sitting on top of it
1: and yeah. it's, it looks for the potatoes over whipped. So it's yeah. like got the, the, it pulled out like the gluey Yeah, So all the glues. starches are, are just yeah, sticky
0: and then it looks like it's going to be good. And then you literally, you dig your fork in right. and it comes up and you're like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> and it's just disappointing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and you can hit it with a bunch of black pepper and you could try and kind of season mm-hmm. it up. And basically then you're just like hiding the mashed potatoes in.
1: Yeah. The, it becomes like a part of this melange. Let me ask you this Do you like potatoes so much that it doesn't bother you when you get bad potatoes? Or do you not like potatoes so much that you can forgive bad potatoes? <laughs>
0: I will go so far as to say I can forgive poorly made mashed potatoes because I understand how hard it is to hold them at a restaurant where especially if it's like it's if it's not like a a full working kitchen, if it's like more of a diner kind of thing, that's usually where I get them.
1: Yeah, but not like I'm asking like not compassionately. I'm asking like, are you like, "Mm, I like mashed potatoes. It's okay, They suck.
0: I I won't I won't push through if they're bad tater tots. I just just won't eat them. I, I can't stand that mm-hmm. french fries if they're underdone I also won't eat them if they're overdone I'm actually kind of okay with that yeah I don't dis I don't like it but I don't dislike it okay but you know, and if if they're the ones that have like been clearly sitting in the silver bowl mm-hmm. underneath the warmer on the expo line, my like I'll oh, have a few. You know, <laughs> so, like it really yeah. no, it throws it back to it <laughs> throws it back to being in the service the industry where that's your only snack, Dude, yeah, that's yeah. Your meal of the day. Yep, like there are <laughs> <Family meal. laughs> there are there are certain things from my time in the service industry that like I don't like hot. Because I only ate them lukewarm <laughs> after an hour of sitting on the back line because I ordered food and then I got busy.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't eat it hot anymore. Like, what's there's, an,
0: there's an Irish pub in the Twin Cities that has uh, a thing called whiskey shots. And it's like, it's popcorn chicken basically in like a whiskey glaze. And I've ordered them hot and I can't eat them. Like, fresh, I can't eat them. I have to let them sit and like finish an entire beer to where the sauce congeals. And then I could eat them because that's how we always had to eat them at work. Yeah. Because you could maybe get one and then you'd get triple sat. And then, and then you'd come back to your food 45 minutes later. And there it is. And you got to eat them standing yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah. I can't sit down. Like, I'll literally stand up at my table and just eat them. Like, sorry, guys. It's like you have to eat them. but. But yeah, the the potato side, I it's almost always a part of like something that I'm ordering, mm. and I'm almost always disappointed. Every now and then, somebody nails it, right. Right. and then I like I'll house
1: all of them. Like I'll run
0: my thumb on the bottom of the plate to get yeah. all the rest of the like
1: that. That's what's interesting is like a really good mashed potato. You know, if if you're getting potatoes Robichon, and these guys are pushing it through the tammy and it's fifty percent like really nice European butter. That's magic. Mm-hmm. And you know, a crazy amount of work went into that, but not every restaurant's doing that. The irony is that, so Marnie, my wife, one of my nicknames for her is the Tater Gator because she fucking <laughs> loves potatoes <laughs> loves potatoes it, Marnie tater gator get there the tater gator I love it she will eat the worst potatoes just because they're potatoes so she loves potatoes so much she wants good potatoes sure. but if they're bad potatoes she doesn't fucking care she's eating it anyway she'll boil a red potato in the microwave you know like that's that's one of my mom's favorite movies because my mom's obsessed with potatoes too she'll throw a russet my mom will throw a russet in the microwave and that's her dinner I'm like what like, <laughs> what and Marnie will do that with a, she'll put a red potato in the microwave and then put some butter on it and she's eating it. And I'm like, that's not food, <laughs> but it's a potato. So they don't get, they both don't give a fuck because it's a potato. They're just like cosplaying the depression. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> what
3: are For you doing? Real. I'm LARPing
1: 1933. Hey man, we, we didn't have much when we grew up and my mom was even poorer in Lebanon. So that's I bet fair. that was like. Hell yeah, I'll eat a potato. So actually, tip of the cap if you're like, I will literally just eat a potato that I microwaved. Good on you, I guess. I'm in that, I'm yeah. in that boat,
2: man. Uh, potatoes and fries and tots—they all get eaten. They all get taken down, no matter what. Okay. I don't know if they're soggy, if they're overcooked, <laughs> I really can't say no. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, in my house, the air fryer is a game changer. With the with the little uh, girls who don't eat their fries, yeah, just throw them in the air fryer. Boom. What's minutes. with
0: the air fryer, do you have like a favorite thing that you make in there?
2: Uh oh uh what is it? What is it? good oh well anything like Costco has these little shrimp, uh puffy like uh shrimp nugget sure. things that yeah, those things are great.
0: Oh it's crazy. My my jam right now I do love the like if we get like to go food or if it's delivered and there's fries involved, air fryer has to come out. Absolutely, but my my new thing with the air fryer is that's how I reheat cold pizza if I don't want to eat it cold. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I, you can do again, it's interesting. Like it it makes everything you, crispy and amazing. Do you clean yours ever after every? I wipe it out. Mm, good for you. I no, I good. wash the basket underneath, <clears throat> but the actual tray I just
2: wipe it out. I, I treat it like the cast iron.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to season <laughs> <Yeah>. that shit. <laughs> it's seasoned. Sarah's
2: grossed out. Every single time I open, this, what the what, is, what you put in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's a that's a, that's put a battle. Uh, you know, you have a cheese in there. My please. my wife is a. Me, uh, it
1: took me 90 seconds to make four nuggies. You think I'm going to spend an hour watching this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: My wife is a card-carrying germaphobe, and we've had lots of discussions about things like uh, pizza that was left out overnight oh, and sure, whatever. Sure, sure, yeah, I. Again, I'm not saying scientifically that I'm correct, but I do believe that, again, seasoning something is way better than washing it every time with
1: soap and water. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. even people don't quite understand seasoning cast iron and how it works. Like, this is how people used to eat. You know that, right? They didn't get the Dawn dish soap out and submerge everything in their lake. Like It's not, it's not how people used to live. We're going to be okay. Exactly. Yeah. This, I'm hitting this with 900 degrees. Maybe don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing's right, surviving right. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. That's, yeah, right. I
0: Honestly, I haven't even thought about that aspect of it, but yeah, that's that's it right there.
1: <laughs> even that air fryer, when you're that preheating that gross. thing, is blasting every German. Nothing's like. surviving
2: in there. <laughs> like people who wash their
1: chicken, and I'm sorry, I know a lot of people wash their chicken. Like, culturally, it's a thing. It's even a thing culturally Lebanese. Like, my mom did it until I made her stop, where I'm like, you know that's getting hit with fire right Like (laughs) you're putting it into a 450 degree oven nothing that is on the outside of the chicken is going to survive but now you spread a bunch of germs all over the sink well i don't know if those germs are going to die now
0: (laughs) with your mom like does she like like water and just water water
1: and Mm. and okay because like just there, water, yeah like it's culturally a there are, there are places that like middle eastern wash it with like like lime juice and stuff but oh sure there are some cultures that do that but uh, uh middle eastern and arab cultures do a lot of the um just like you you just you wash air quotes your chicken meaning you rinse it for any impurities that that are on the outside but that's a absolute misnomer you're cooking you also don't want your chicken to be wet when you start cooking you want it yeah. to be dry that's it that's how you get the crispy skin that's right absolutely <laughs> Uh, I'm going to just barrel into my answer here. And uh, this always happens to me is like, I think of something and it'll make me arrive at a question. Often that is the case where it's, you know, that interesting dynamic of going the, the other way around. It's a little end around. Mine is, man, Americans love brisket. <laughs> Americans love brisket. How when many you told Americans, me you were asking this
0: question, I thought this is what you're going to say. I'm very ma- happy about
1: this. <laughs> how many Americans have had good brisket? Like percentage of Americans that love brisket, they had good brisket. Maybe twenty. Maybe. Maybe. But wonder, yeah,
2: this
1: is, depends on what they think good brisket is. That's, that's right. What, but like, that's. But that's I think that's why yeah. is because a lot of people probably are eating really, really bad brisket and they find it enjoyable for the seasoning or the process or they're enjoying it with the friends or they mm-hmm. cut it thin or it's sitting in the drippings or what have you and so it's like enjoyable to them like oh big slab of of beef, but. I hate bad brisket. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat. Like if a friend says they're barbecuing brisket, I'm like, what else you making? You making a chicken or something? (laughs) please, please tell me there's something else because I don't want to, I don't want to be hungry and like have to eat this in front of you while you're looking into my eyes and asking me how good it is. Because I have friends who've made banger briskets that have also made bad briskets. So you also have like the joker carb. You're like, I don't know what I'm getting tonight. That's me. Yeah, isn't that I, crazy I still, how it's I still like sometimes it it's great, it. Yep. sometimes it sucks. I mean, I would say, but for the most part, especially here, you know, this podcast takes place in the Twin Cities or in Minneapolis, uh, it's hard to find a good brisket. So you the scale is usually, and I don't want to denigrate anyone, I don't want to run anybody down, but the scale is terrible to all right, mostly. You sometimes get some good stuff, but you're not going to get like legit shit unless <clears throat> you travel elsewhere yep. or you have a friend who is – really taking great care with that product. And it's something that they've been doing a lot of R and D on. It's the other thing is like, it's a very expensive product and very time consuming. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people want to admit when they fail. It's just denial. Exactly. Like that was $220. <laughs> I spent literally this entire week prepping and preparing <laughs> it. And then now I'm feeding it to you. So please ass. tell me, <laughs> please, please, shoe leather, convince shoe leather. me that this is good. Right. <laughs> I will give uh,
0: I will give a shout out if you're in the the metro area here in Minnesota. Uh, Aaron and the crew over at Northern Fire barbecue they get like legitimate, never had incredible it. cuts of brisket. Like they, they just bring it in. You got to go there and buy it and then bring it home. I, I'm gonna give myself like I'm at like a 70%. I've had I've had probably three or four that really were like where I think I could put that in a restaurant and it would be good. The problem is that in between those I've had one, in between each good one that was like, Oh God damn it. And then you got to like chop it. And then, you know, you're just trying to right. like salvage it. it. Right. Yeah.
1: Make it something else, yeah. whatever yeah. that, and that can be good too. Tacos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <go>. <laughs> yeah. But
0: but then I'm like dressing it up with everything. And then I'm hoping <laughs> that the taco is good. You know, exactly. I'm trying to show off my condiment skills to hide my lack of brisket skills. Right, right, right. But yeah, I, 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 agree with you on that. That's, I, I feel kind of the same way about ribs too, where like we've just accepted that like a mm-hmm. C minus mm-hmm. is good enough. So mm, we can eat
1: it. Because it's ribs. We can get some good ribs.
0: <clears throat> but that will be that will be where I say versus the potatoes where I'm like, ugh, I just won't eat them. Yeah. Even bad ribs, I'll still eat ribs. Right, Even right. bad brisket, I'll still eat it.
2: Mm. But, and We've but,
1: already covered on the pod that my food that I get sick of real fast is barbecue. Yeah. Because I like barbecue, but I don't want to just eat meat. Yeah. As much as I love meat because right. I love meat. Right. Uh, oh, man. What was the fucking analogy I made? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is kind of gross, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, I recently told somebody that um, a food, and I think I was talking about, oh, wagyu. I told a friend that um, eating wagyu, like when you're done, the feeling is uh, commensurate with post-nut clarity. You you instantly feel so bad about yourself. (laughs) It's one of my favorite analogies. I know it's weird. Sorry. No, fuck that. Hats off to you. Dude, that's Waggy legit. is so uh, good, but you just need a little bit because sometimes I eat too much and immediately afterwards, I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> it's just all the shame of your teenage years <laughs> oh, just creeping
0: shame. out. Oh, that's exactly. Because it's
1: <laughs> few funny. things taste better, but there's nothing yeah, you hilarious. you need to be like more calm and measured about. In eating wagyu, because you eat too much wagyu. When you're done, you're like, "I hate this. I hate what I've done. I don't care. I don't like myself.
2: How
0: did I think this was a good idea?
2: Oh God! Why did somebody stop me? Oh, that's so God.
0: That hits so fucking close to home. That is legit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, eating wagyu. That that, that's that's got to be a t-shirt at some point. Uh, Lovejoy, I want to ask you a weird question (laughs) There's a few ice cubes left in this And I kind of just want a whiskey in the rocks Can I drink out of your ice vessel? Or this is yours Sorry Charles Is that all
1: right? right. Absolutely I just I did my um, My bloody straight The the whiskey and then the basil Lovejoy, can you pass me that whiskey? I need to circle around And once again Lay it on thick Dude, that is so fucking good It really is and I'm obsessed with savory cocktails. Mm-hmm. A Bloody's a bloody. That's different. That's like, it's still, you can still call that a bloody Mary, but it's so different from what we had prior to that with the jerk and the vodka and mostly what I'm accustomed to with like that tomato quality, mm-hmm. the, the acid and then the, like a really nice vodka, obviously with all those the intricacies of that jerk flavor. But doing that fucking whiskey with the flavors of the basil and that sweetness in there and like all that, the pho, spices holy fuck dude and i can get that on a shelf yeah like i'm imploring you to try this if you're like me and you like savory cocktails i have friends who like former guests of the program eric eastman i'm texting him when we get off of here and i would be like yo have you had the fucking basil bloody mix from lovejoy with whiskey, which I'm gonna guess he hasn't. Maybe he has, but if he hasn't, I'm gonna be like, do it, just do it. I'm telling you, I this, this is going on my shelf instantly. Oh, I yeah. appreciate that. It, it awesome.
0: really, like, honestly, it really is. I, it's very rare given the amount that we try to enjoy and, and consume and how deep we are in, in the industry and what we love. It's rare when something kind of hits me where like I can't even compare that to anything. Oh, that's and awesome. that really is like. I just found like a cheat code that unlocked a level that I didn't know was there.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> now I'm, I'm just going to beat uh, it to death. And we can oh, make this at home so anytime. Much. Yep. Anytime, absolutely. Anytime. That's, that's Super a trip simple. because I, if I had something like this in like Madison, Wisconsin or Seattle or something, I'd be like, how could I do this at home? Nope. Because I love this and I can't have it all the time. I can do
0: this at home. And anyone listening, you can go to the website and absolutely. you can order this.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, it's uh, yeah. What are you going to do? keep making it hopefully <laughs> I <to> <laughs> <laughs> uh like i said like uh, the pho is uh my favorite probably food of all time and uh yeah i just try, just try to honor it that's all I, you know oh, yeah.
0: <clears throat> with when you get a pho is there like is there a like a protein that you really love or is there do you have like
2: a perfect bowl or is it just like go and yeah, it's just go like I, i'm not uh i'm not picky about uh any of that stuff uh seafood tripe whatever whatever you got like i'll take it like you know uh i i, I even do a veggie pho <clears throat> it's awesome for sure <clears throat> um just those those the combination of that uh savory and like the you know the, the the slight sweetness and um with my blood pressure these days i can't eat that much of it because <laughs> it's salt man Killer, <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I try to stay away a little bit. It's but so dope getting old, yeah, right. It's the favorite part. Uh, but yeah.
0: The worst part though is that <laughs> like the, the entire time
2: that you feel a when you're eating. Like I gotta stop. That's Shit, the, I'm that's puffy. The, what you're talking about? When, like you can't stop. Like that. That's that's. Uh, I just can't stop eating it. Like it just just goes down. So yeah. Oh man, I love it. Love it. Love it. Puffy. All okay. right, should we? Uh, should we? <laughs> <laughs> as we're yeah, aging Mr. into the
1: Lope, last did question, you, did you answer this question? The food that people.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. well I start with tacos, but yeah, I tacos was it. what he yeah, said. Yeah, but I yeah, I mean, it. is there anything else that popped <laughs> in nah, your brain since?
1: <laughs> Fuck tacos. <laughs> okay, I feel you. Right, like <laughs> a bad. Yeah, <laughs> like people eat a lot of bad tacos. I don't wanna. I don't wanna hate, but I do wanna hate. Like I have so many friends that otherwise love great food, but eat Taco Bell, and I. Just, it's. Uh, I don't see get that's it. the thing. Yeah, Taco Bell is not good. I, but yeah, it's I, just I will eat it every food once group. in a while. But. Right. I guess if you can separate it and you can say this is its own thing. Yeah. But I have friends who are like, oh, man, I smashed that Taco Bell last night. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> you know
2: what? I, I, I would smash more a Taco Bell, but the drive-thrus are insane. Yep. Those are, I'm not going in, first of And all. it's not cheap. Yeah. yeah. It's not cheap. The drive-thrus are crazy. They never get it right. At least the one by my house. <laughs> it's a surprise. I won't say we I won't, I won't I won't put them on blast like that, but
0: <laughs> the world's greatest Taco Bell doesn't exist anymore, but there was there was a Taco Bell in the gas station by my house when I was in uh, high school. Okay. And it was staffed by a bunch of 18-year-old stoners who I ended up being Perfect. friends with later on in life. And Every single like soft taco was like a half a pound. Yeah. The the That's chili cheese yeah, the chili cheese burritos were a like the bubble. size of like a nerf football. Cuz they just didn't give a shit. They were just getting high and having a good time and if you tipped, you just get extra shit in there. Like that place was incredible. And then years later I ended up working at a bar with two of the guys that worked there and we figured that out. They were like, "Dude, you used to bike up before you had your license." And I was like, "Hell yeah." And I remember I would be biking home in my bag and I get like four, three or four items. Right. And I'd be biking home and I'd look at the bag and the plastic was like starting to stretch because they <laughs> put so, so much shit in there. <laughs> like, it's sagging Cause it's hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Weird that they went out of business in like Melting two years, yeah. but it was, there was a, a, a glory year run to the Taco Bell at the BP <laughs> gas station in Maple Grove, Minnesota, man, Bob and Andy, I love you guys. <laughs> oh,
2: that's
1: incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm the, I mean, I, if someone enjoys something that simple that much, then all the more power to them. I, I'm like, what? Nah, man. <laughs> no, thank you. Miss me with that. I'm good. <laughs>
0: <me with> that. <laughs> all right. Final question. So since you're obviously killing it in the bloody game and you're bringing new levels of beverage enjoyment to people going out, I'm assuming brunch is probably like the number one spot for on-premise when you're at restaurants that you're selling, right? Uh-huh. Could you describe your favorite brunch meal? Ooh. Like it doesn't not, not from a certain restaurant. Like if you could yeah, yeah, pick no, no, different it. items from everything.
2: First of all, eggs Benedict, you gotta, uh, cause you can make it at home. Sure. But are you gonna, mm, not, not so often. So it's gotta be a dope eggs Benedict. Um, that Hollandaise, man. Back, uh, I started out as a as a, uh, sh- as a a cook at, back in the day at uh, Procdon, Maine in 93. No shit. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, making Hollandaise was uh, such a chore. I never got it right. <laughs> 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 it'd break. It'd be terrible. So is, I really appreciate a good Hollandaise. Like, I, I really love is a good no easy Hollandaise. thing to make. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and a biscuits and gravy, man. Like, uh, I just had, uh, I was just like crew, which is in St. Joseph. Um, Ooh. you're the second person
0: this week to tell me about yeah, that place. Siege is yeah, yeah, there. there.
2: Yeah. Siege. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get up there. Uh, the biscuits and gravy over there is fantastic. Hell Absolutely man. fantastic. I had to get it to go cause I had to, uh, to, I was doing an event there and I had to go, but I got it with, the uh, scrambled eggs, which is not normally something I would do, uh, but it was fantastic like a a great biscuit uh the 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 gravy was had just the right amount of pepper right amount of spice it's fantastic so those are the two things i can skip the bacon i can skip all that other stuff but if you got a good eggs benny i'm there Mm. and just like traditional like like a
0: slice of ham in there i'll take whatever okay if if in picking. the benedict family is there one that you would prefer if you could if if you could pick if you anything could
2: do if you could do uh like holman's does uh they do uh it's it's a take on a canadian bacon Ooh. um but uh like a housemade sort of canadian yeah bacon situation. Uh, they call it cottage bacon oh yeah cool um I, yeah i don't i've never i've never seen it before but uh yeah, it's really really tasty. But that spinach, I love spinach mm. on the on the eggs binny. Um Yeah, no, that's that's all you English need. English muffin. You got to have the English muffin. The uh, poached it, egg. If it's house-made English muffin, even better. Even better. Mm. But the po- po- poached egg poached nicely it was just a little bit of runny with a little hard right in the center. Yep, cuz it sat in there a little bit longer. <laughs> and I should have. That's <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> Side digression. Uh could you explain to our listeners Holman's table?
2: uh home and stable uh down at uh, St Paul airport uh it's in the uh or, it's uh, the original terminal for for Saint for Minneapolis St Paul it's the original terminal that we had for the the original airport which is
0: one of the most beautiful buildings i've yeah, ever seen in my life an
2: awesome building yeah uh, awesome building the architect was a uh, uh black uh African American ar- architect who designed it. He did a bunch of a few a few buildings around town. I think is the witches, not the Witch's tower, but one of the one of the water towers. He also did, but it's a gorgeous building, Art Deco style. Uh, you can see hangars. Planes fly in. Like it's a gorgeous place, and you don't have to have a ticket. You li- like literally, you could just drive right up there. There's yeah. a parking so lot. This is the terminal's not working. a non working terminal. All it is actually. If you fly privately internationally, oh really, you come in there. Just so you know. Yeah. I mean I I, know I assume that you know yeah, it's, it's
0: dope <laughs> like looking out the window and seeing like the the, the PJs fly in, you're like, Oh mm. shit, like who's yeah, coming yeah. into town? Yeah. But it like pulling up you I felt the first time that I went there, I felt like am I going is it okay that I'm driving down this road? <laughs> right. Because yeah. it is an old airport it's, it's road. Little, yeah. It's you know, and then you pull right. in, and it's this gorgeous building. Yeah. And then you walk in, and everything inside matches that beauty. And then you walk around the corner, and the smells coming from the restaurant are just incredible. Yeah. And I feel like I'm saying this because I didn't know until you posted about it on social media. I did not know that that was, like, a thing. And then oh, I went yeah. down there, and
2: I, like... That place just swept me off my feet with yeah. how beautiful it was. It's, it's gorgeous. It's a great location, a well little hidden away. And you're right downtown St. Paul, but you're really not. It's really, yeah. you, you can see the skyline of St. Paul. The river is right on the other side of the parking lot. People don't realize that. They like, see these steps going down. The river is like three steps down. Yeah, <laughs> the river is like right there. So it's really, really crazy that it hasn't flooded like lately. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood. But Thanks, climate change. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's a great place and uh, great food. Chef Garrett kills it
1: down there. So. All
0: right, so we got we got the bennies and we got the uh, the biscuits and gravy. Uh, Charles, what about you?
1: So on Sunday, I voted in the uh, Lebanese parliamentary elections. I'm a dual citizen, which I obtained um, when I was 13 years old. For some, I went to Lebanon. I obtained my dual citizenship when I went there with my parents. I have voted in the elections in Lebanon three times. The other two prior times were in in Lebanon. This year, unfortunately, I'm not there because things are not great there and things are not great in the world. All this is to say, and that's the reason my finger looks funny is because here just says there, you dip your finger in ink right. and it dyed my fingernail. Kwame asked me what was wrong with my finger. I'm like, well, it's is this is so from the boring. dye that I used when I voted, but um, I'm I'm just really missing home. Yeah, It's not my home home, but it's my home home. Mm-hmm. Um, Lebanese, like a classic Lebanese breakfast, the spread that you get for breakfast there is, it's something to behold because it's not like a farmer's breakfast here where, you know, it's like a lot of like fat and eggs and stuff like that. What you're getting is uh, it's very, like, verdant, clean, fresh, tons of veggies, fresh cukes, tomatoes, briny olives, farmer's cheese that they make, these, like, funny little pucks of cheese, fresh-baked flatbread, uh, basically like all this accoutrement and you just grab stuff and put it together and you get different combinations of flavors. And then of course they'll make like scrambled eggs or uh, like at my place in Lebanon, there's these nuns who drive around on scooters, no bullshit selling eggs from their farm. amazing. And then come up to your door and you buy eggs from them. There's this other guy who scoots around that has like these beautiful fresh French croissant. Uh, So you get like classic croissant or you can get like a, dark chocolate croissant to have with your Turkish coffee, which is another element. Uh, and then obviously Knefe, which is my favorite sweet breakfast food. It's We've talked about it on the pod before. It's like the it's like cream of wheat or phyllo that has like a, st- this really stringy cheese in the middle and then a syrup drizzled all over it. Just like all those elements together out on the fucking balcony overlooking the Mediterranean. The sun's shining down on the table. It's just covered in like fresh vegetables that taste better than anything you can get anywhere else. And then that cheese and, like, a croissant, your Turkish coffee and the larakwe, and then, uh, you know, some fresh, hot knefe, light up a Cuban cigar, which I can get there as well. Just, like, all of that stuff. I mean, I'd eat that literally right now. I would have this fucking Bloody Mary with that kind of a meal. But that would that really is... You know, we always say you can answer a different question, each of these questions in a different way on any given day. And uh, right now, and probably many days, that would be my answer, like having that. And I sometimes get that at my mom's. I don't get the Kenefe. She makes it once in a while, but it's like very, it's a lot of work, and it's hard to do in like a standard kitchen. But uh, ordinarily, it's pretty easy for me to whip by my mom's, visit her and my brother, and she'll make the spread with the cucumbers, the the Olives and tomatoes and s- some scrambled eggs and some olives and then just have all those elements that you're eating together. Fresh herbs, absolutely love it, and you don't feel that bad about yourself. Yeah, unless you have the quinoa, then it might make you feel a little <laughs> bad. But if you do the rest of it, it's just like a really clean, like good start to your day. Yeah. Fuck it, the picture. That's awesome. No, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: I tried to kind of Frankenstein it when I was thinking about it and
1: yeah. I, uh, yeah, like everything you love, but at the same, but at time, the same time. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: years ago, my wife and I were fortunate enough to go to a wedding in Bogota, Colombia and I could not stop getting fresh pressed fruit juices and uh, fresh fruit like cones where they'd throw a little chili powder, and a little sea salt on top mm-hmm. and you just, just crush mm. it with a fork that has to be a part of it but it sadly like it can't be here like our fruit just does not have the flavor the brightness the sharpness that it does in an equatorial climate and by the time the the fruit gets here it's just not the same i've tried and i will still i'll take again i'll take a c minus with that i'll take the best mm-hmm. that we can get around here and i'll make it and it's like eh, i guess this is close enough but if i could if i could ship that in i would do that and then a couple uh, eggs over easy with some really good crisp toast because you got to break the yolks mm-hmm. open and then just use the bread as the spoon. And then uh, I actually just referenced Maya, a Mexican restaurant in Northeast Minneapolis uh, on the last question. But Maya does a Sunday brunch where they have all the American staples and then they have uh, all of their staples.
1: Is that brunch still like overwhelmingly huge? Yes, it's, th- it's three
0: walls. Of the four they don't walls, no, they do not That's fuck serious. around. That's like, serious. and you can get glad to hear they still go get down. Like oh that. yeah, man, you can get like tamales, you can get all that. But uh, I did uh, a sweet waffle with um, some of their uh, tinga de pollo. So you have this like sweet crunchy waffle, and then you have this like like acidic, spicy, sharp tomatoy shredded stewed chicken. And that combo together, oh, my God. I'm, I'm a big, like, sweet and salty guy. I love mm. the, the combination. And that together was, like,
1: life-changing. Was there, like, syrup or something? How What's the waffle situation? It was the, there, yeah, it there's, was the waffle itself, though? Yep,
0: so they do the waffle, and then yeah. you have, there's powdered sugar, there's maple syrup, there's a bunch of preserves. So
1: what did you do, just the waffle with the, so there's, like, a little bit of sweetness that's yep. inherent to the waffle itself. Yep. There's sugar in the batter, the and that's the sweetness. Oh, okay, I could, yeah, that makes that, that like a, it was sense.
0: like kind of like a, like a concha bun, mm-hmm. you know, where there's like, there's like a little bit of sugar mm-hmm. involved in there, but wow. that's it. And then you have, you have this like rich, savory, spicy mm-hmm. stewed chicken in that combo together. And then you dip that in the yolk and run that through like, get the Ooh. fuck out of here. And then if I could have had, like maya sauce on it. Uh, I did have that on the side 100%. percent got have that lava. Because, dude, that, that orange lava is the best. So good. It's so fucking good. But if I could have all of that and then I could still have, like, really good equatorial citrus fruit alongside of that with a little chili powder and a little sea salt, again, going for sweet, acidic and also, like, spicy and so savory. Using
1: the waffle with the tinga de pollo on it as a toast point, mm-hmm. uh, some runny eggs, mm-hmm. and you got some fresh fruit mm-hmm. with some chili powder on it, like a tahine or, like, some whatever mm-hmm. combination that you I added. think, honestly,
0: like, tahine is where my head went, but I really yeah. think it was literally just chili powder Okay, and yeah, then that's sea That's what I'm saying is maybe
1: yeah. it's their version of whatever that would be because yeah. they don't have to crack open a little plastic bottle of
0: tahine. Mm-hmm. And then I would love, like, just a like a pour-over, strong, pitch-black coffee mm. to just cut through all of that. Sure, cut through sure. all of that noise and then just get me back mm. to zero and then we start all over again. You know, it's like a, like a roller coaster, you know, the whole time. Uh-huh. You're just going up the hill <laughs> and then it's, you swallow that bite and then you hit the coffee and we go right back down and then we go back up again. Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. it to me.
1: Well, Lovejoy, what are your beverages other than the obvious, which is a Lovejoy Bloody Mary Right. Or- what are your breakfast or brunch beverages that you enjoy? Well, you, you
2: gotta, you gotta have the good cup of coffee, right? You gotta have the mm-hmm. sort of coffee. Um, I learned years ago that black coffee and, uh, a grapefruit juice. Is a good Diuretic. Like it gets you, gets you moving, gets your, your system moving in the morning. So that's, uh, that's there. Um, honestly, like, uh, uh I, we, we make a, well, I make a, uh, um, a mimosa based kind of drink um, which I, I i i love orange julius Yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know Hell yeah. if you guys have, have orange julius in the mall um but uh, that's the whole the whole point so you get a little banana you get uh, we make it with different uh with different uh, um ingredients because we don't have banana milk i tried it at the gnome <laughs> i tried to do banana <laughs> milk and the orange juice the banana milk is tough to get but uh yeah like the the orange julius uh, style of uh, alcoholic drink in the morning is my my go-to Ooh. so you got the orange you got the banana a little orgie maybe um you know with the citrus uh, infused vodka um yeah that's my that's my thing yeah. Dude, that sounds awesome. Maybe top it with a little Prosecco, but
1: you don't hey, have yeah, to. Yeah.
0: But yeah, hey. Feeling bougie. We'll put the pinkies out. <laughs>
1: put them we up. We me scared. Put them up. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me real quick for the listeners of the program, put my Swami cat, cap on, because I like to predict things that are going to become a big deal. Do you guys know what a Garibaldi is? I do not. No. When I was at Dante in uh, New York City with Splinter on my trip in um, December, they make, they take like um, a whole orange peeled, but still has the pith on it, and they put it in their juicer, and they just blast that motherfucker, and it's frothy, like it has head on it. Literally, a Garibaldi is Campari, bottom of a fucking highball, poured like three fingers high, and then you pour over that thick orange Julius-style frothy orange and then it's red, orange, golden all the way up to the top. I would oh, fuck that up. Yeah. It's called a Garibaldi and I didn't know what it was called at the time. That they they just call it like a Campari orange or something like that. And that's that's been a top 50 bar in the US forever. Mm-hmm. It was like it was number 1 in 2017, I believe. And it was so everything was simple, which is funny because you think they're going to do something fussy, mm-hmm. but they have drinks like that and we had those and looked at each other like, dude, I could crush like 8 of these right now. So I later found out that's called the Garibaldi and I'm telling you that is definitely going to become a thing. People need to put these on brunch menus because for someone like me, I already, so they, I think the pith is for them at least they're keeping the pith on the orange because you get a little bitterness from that and it's fruit bitterness. It's from the fruit itself, the pith. And then you have the bitterness from the Campari, which I adore. And obviously on this program, everybody knows we're obsessed with bitter shit because we're big time (laughs) alert slots here. (laughs) that those those elements like the fresh orange like a nice fresh yeah. orange and then the bitterness from the campari and all the oh, elements that are inherent to that and then looking at it too just like the yeah the color mixture oh. in there and then the thickness of that like frothy orange there's a and there's also a variation on that love joy that you might enjoy which is essentially making you're marrying the Garibaldi with a mimosa because then you can just like top it with some sh- sh- yep, sparkling wine. S- yeah, so yeah. then you have like another that, layer on top. You I know almost know, want like to do it. like,
0: a, like a dry Spanish cava on top of that to keep it like, yes, not too sweet. For keep sure. it like yeah, almost totally. a little bit astringent. Yep.
1: Absolutely. So you Fuck. have, you, can, you know, just get that little bit of the, just topping it instead yeah. of mixing it yeah. and then right. having that whole element. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to Vitamix some oranges with some Campari I might do it this weekend because I'm gonna have some. I'm making Marnie's annual birthday tonic syrup, so I'm gonna have a bunch of bald oranges. (laughs) So fuck it, I'm gonna throw them in my Vitamix and blast those motherfuckers as hard as I can to see if I can get the same froth characteristic that they get from that commercial juicer that they use, and then just dump that shit over some Campari, and then I'll, I'll probably, you know, my fifth or sixth one, maybe my ninth or tenth one, I'll pour over a little, little sparkle, and then. See what happens to me. I'll tell you what right now, Charles, if you invite <laughs> me over,
0: I was gifted a bottle of sparkling last night. You tell me when. I will bring the sparkles if you, if you bring the froth. You're
1: the, you're the third person <laughs> I've brought this up to and the third person who said, like, let me come drink some of those. <laughs> so why not? Let's fucking go. I was still a bar manager, that would be done. Yeah. Dude, straight up. Actually, a buddy of mine who's opening a bar, uh, I brought this up to him the other day and he's like, done. And I was like, What do you mean? You coming over? And he's like, This is going on my menu. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, do it, dude. Yeah, do it. Give like, us a place that we can go. Kill yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Set it on a table in the sun. Someone takes a photo of that. Done. People will start driving up. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> what is that? I don't care what it tastes like. <laughs> I, don't care, I like, care what like, it looks like. Like the, this <laughs> yeah, is the yeah, sequel
0: right. to Field of Dreams. Like yeah. <laughs> if you blend it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it on put it on Facebook and all of a sudden like all the instagram influencers just Yo. start coming through and
2: you can get that with <laughs> two ingredients like, <laughs> i was the- brought here i was sent here yeah. i don't know yeah i don't know why, how i got, <laughs> even got here
1: yeah I, I guess i got a tesla because this thing just drove itself right to your stuff. <laughs> but dude it's two ingredients yeah. you don't even got to do like a fancy peel you're nope. literally leaving the yeah. pith on just ripping off just rip the peel off and then just throw that fucker in the blender oh, pour it. the campari pour it over boom you're done Set it on a table. It looks like you were working on that drink for 40 minutes. <laughs> nah, man, I did. That's 11 seconds. Come on, that's all. Awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, $16, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me
0: all your monies.
2: Exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, we should probably bring this one back into the station. Um, Charles Lovejoy, you have so many incredible products. Can you please remind everybody uh, where to get them and then also where to follow you on the social medias?
2: Uh, so we are uh, based out of the Twin Cities. So, um, Go to the website, uh, check your, uh, check the, where to find us tab. We're in so many great establishments, uh, all the purpose driven restaurants, curious, uh, Holman's table, big supporters, Brunson's, uh, my man, Tommy is, oh, shout out to Tommy, future guest of the podcast. Tommy, He's going to be on here. We're going to figure it out. He is something. He is, uh, he's a force of nature. Him and his wife are just incredible. Yeah. Um, but go to uh, lovejoysbrand.com dot com and uh, hit the "Where to Find Us" tab, and uh, you'll find us. And otherwise, just order from there. Perfect. <laughs> so get it to you. Uh, Lovejoyz Brand on Insta too. Oh yeah, uh, Insta Lovejoysbrand, Brand, uh, Facebook same. Um, yeah, Twitter. I think it's the same. I'm not, I'm not a Twitter guy.
1: Just look. Up, <laughs> just type Lovejoy, and I bet that shit will right. pop yeah, up. Yeah,
2: exactly. it will. It will pop up eventually. Like one of the
0: greatest organically named brands. Yes. Period. It wasn't hard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it wasn't hard.
0: Well, uh, Charles, I can't thank you enough for being here. No, this has been awesome. You know, thank uh, you it's much. been a pleasure to have been a, a friend of yours for as long as I have, but to actually get to watch your business bloom in, into what it is right now and where it's going is absolutely incredible. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, I, I couldn't wish it on a better human too. Yeah, so, uh, love to you all the way around. Uh, other
1: delightful stuff. I would drink this, even if you were terrible. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> legitimate. That's a great way, way to might have Just come out. You never know. Yep.
0: Now. Uh, and, and again, I want to give another shout out to, to do spirits as well. Uh, we consume yeah. their vodka and their whiskey on here. Um, they recently got the, uh, got the contract with Delta, Delta yeah, airlines. On
2: Delta. Right. So
0: if you're flying Delta anywhere uh, within the U S or internationally, uh, get some of their spirits, man, yeah. it, it's absolutely incredible. And that's, that's the kind of company
2: that you want to cheer They've for. They've been doing it, it for There's a while it. too. Yep, yeah. it's pretty cool. They're coming. They just got into the uh Atlanta market also. So. No shit. Yeah, Amazing. Bodies, yeah.
0: Well, again, as I've been sipping on this whiskey, that's incredible. The out vodka of a is great. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> out of, out of just the, point uh, that out. <laughs> you can't see it, but you can yeah. feel it. <laughs> I didn't even mm. look at my measures. I just poured.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you could. I could
0: have. You could have. <laughs> what? Is, what? Is, what, is, what is, what's? What's the name for that again? Deciduated? De- is that what it is? When there's the measurements all the way down the side.
1: Uh, good question. I have no fucking idea. Yeah.
0: Whatever. Probably <laughs> fucked
1: that up. <laughs> <Shut> up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right to me. Yeah, we're, drink- we're, going we're drinking, there. folks. We're drinking. We're
0: drinking. Uh, anyway, thank you again. Episode 50, man. Hey. I uh, I can't believe we got here, That's but at the same time, I totally too. can. Yeah, absolutely. We, awesome. we smoked some delicious cigars. We recorded an episode outside. And again, could have been more honored. Hey, congratulations
2: uh, to you both. Like uh, The podcast is amazing. Uh, you guys paint pictures. So you guys really get into it. And this has been an awesome experience, so I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Charles Lovejoy. Pleasure uh, to be And as we've said before, again, uh, share the podcast with your friends. Keep listening. Uh, if you feel like it, give us a nice review. But all we want to do is get more people to listen and uh, and spread the joy.
1: So yeah, and just keep listening. That's what I always say. Yeah. If you made it this far, thank you. We appreciate you. Just keep Stick along for the ride if you think we're we're fun to listen to. If you think we're terrible to listen to, (laughs) keep listening anyway. Still hear my voice.
0: (laughs) Hey man, feel free to talk shit. I don't care. Just as long as you're listening, good or bad, I'm into it.
1: Yeah, yell at me at a bar. Don't do it on Facebook, please. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But y'all take care. Get
0: outside. Enjoy some fresh air. This is the season for it. We love you, and uh, we'll see you next episode.